Hey everybody, this is Drew. And it's Blake. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. episode 71 first and foremost i'm going to be going through our um, social media preamble or our internet presence preamble i'm not entirely sure what it's called anymore you can see us on all the social things twitter facebook instagram as you know just search the name of the podcast we also have a discord that's been pretty active lately some of our people are advertising some of their stuff and we're branching out and helping them we also have the, you find us on Spotify. And on Spotify, you can also find the curated list of songs that have appeared on the podcast that Drew's up. Is it up to date, Drew? I'm not sure. I'd have, I'd have to look at it. Sometimes I get I get a couple of songs behind when I, when I, when I forget to look at it. That's fair. What was the last thing I did? Um, I think it was Periphery. Periphery? It's supposed to, to be. I'll have to look. That's fine. We'll, I'll look while you're doing this. We'll, we'll, we'll update it live on the cast. Um, as well as Spotify in, in the musical playlist, uh, there should be a bit of music being played right now. And uh, that is thanks to either Brandon or Skyler. I'm not sure which one will be being played right now. And if you also would like to have... Uh, your music featured on here as either this bed or possibly even as a back-end one and will help promote your band, you can email us at the number two smokingcontrollers at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon and a Lockstock store where you can buy uh, koozies, a glorious pair of underwear, I think what, beanies and shirts and a few other, you know, knickknacks in there. Pillows and stuff. Uh, live update, I have not added the last song I'm doing it now as we speak. And those pillows can be customized with a specific face if you wanted to have either a waifu me or waifu Drew posted <laughs> just on it, you know, for all, you know, fans in the bear community. <clears throat> uh, like I said earlier, uh, our email is the number two smoke controllers at gmail.com. And... More recently, I would like everyone to remember to join in us, join us on our Twitch. We've been doing a bunch of the uh, soon-to-be, uh, I think it's the three, two smoking controllers presents three smoking controllers co-op endeavors, yeah. as I believe the name is. Yeah, we, we love long, ridiculous names. We've been uh, running through Dark Souls 3 with our cousin Brian. Please join us for that, and hopefully... Not hopefully, eventually, the each game that we complete will turn into an actual episode of the podcast, like an offshoot yeah. of the episode. Not one of the main canon ones, but just an offshoot. <laughs> and nothing wrong with having spinoffs. Of, and this is also some self-promotion for me. As of today's record, uh, Action, the movie podcast, my other podcast where with me and Steve, 
we talk about movies has had it just it's come back from hiatus we've launched a new episode i believe today today yeah so it should be uh active number 16 15 15 15 number yeah, 15 been a while since we recorded it and also uh, more self-promotion for me is i have a short story that i've self-published on amazon called they come this night uh, please check that out. It's free if you have a Kindle Unlimited. If you don't, it's just a dollar. And all links to everything will be in the show notes. Yes, they are all there. So please click on that stuff and come follow us and hang out with everything we're doing. We're especially having fun with uh, the Twitch channel now. It was me and Blake streaming randomly, random off things by ourselves and then randomly some co-op things together. But we think adding a a third voice and playing stuff like that has uh, made it more, more fun, more focused. I'm more focused. It was more. Man. Anyway, we're not we're not more focused with Brian. <laughs> no God, no. <laughs> but uh, we're it's, just, it's it's fun to have a third voice. You ready to kick us off here? Yep. So uh, I don't know if he mentioned them again. I, I don't forgot. But we did have two games and the movie for you selected. Uh, we're trying our, uh, it's been a pretty busy what, month or so of things leaving Game Pass, like back to back. So we're, tr- you know, we're trying really hard. We keep joking, you know, not a Game Pass podcast. We keep trying really hard to do that. So we got, we actually got, we have a ton, like quite a few Game Pass games on our piled up for the podcast. You know, I say unfortunately, but it's still cool games and stuff like that. But we did manage to squeeze in a Gamefly game. That we both completed for this episode to keep the entire podcast not being just Game Pass games or games that have left Game Pass. And when we've bought games too, we promise. But it's just hard to like. Even now, we're we're racing to beat. Uh, I won't spoil it. Right now, we're we're racing to beat a game right now before it leaves Game Pass. So it's it's tough trying to keep up with Game Pass and then anything else you're trying to do in the world, Game Pass and GameFly together. But we do have a. Gamefly game first that we both beat, we both completed, and we'll follow that up with a, a Game Pass game that we both completed as well. So, got good stuff. So, our the first game we'll be tackling is called Mafia Definitive Edition. Definitive edition of Mafia came out uh, uh, September 25th, 2020. The original Mafia game came out in 2002. So there's quite a large gap between these. 20 years. Well, 18. Do your math. Well, whatever. It's close enough. Round up. 20 years. So this current, the the definitive edition developer is called Hangar 13. The original developer was Illusion Software. Yeah, this is interesting. I thought because I've, uh, as I talked about on the podcast, we we did Mafia Three really early in the podcast. I'd actually started with Mafia Two because I, I wasn't I wasn't going. I couldn't. I was able to play that on three, Xbox 360, and I couldn't. I didn't want to go back and try to find Mafia on the original Xbox and stuff like that. But I, for some reason, assumed that even the original Mafia was developed by Hangar Thirteen. 
Uh, it's interesting to find out that they, I, I guess you, you may have some more story about it, but they took over with Mafia 2 and then they did Mafia 3. Mm-hmm. And they're, I don't know if you have anything for them, but I've, I've, there's rumors that they're working on something else, whether it be Mafia or something else. We're not, ver- not I'm not very sure yet because they did the, uh, they did the remake here. Yeah. This is your actual, we'll get into it. This is your actual first Mafia game. I've been trying to get you to play Mafia 3 for so, so long because Mafia 3 is my favorite of the trilogy, which is ironic because it's most people's Mafia 3 is the one they dislike the most of the trilogy. Because it has nothing to do with actually being a Mafia. Yeah, yeah it's no, nothing, to do with being, nothing to do with being in the Mafia, but I think the gameplay and the story itself of Mafia 3 is uh, just my favorite. I mean, maybe it's just, like I said before, maybe it's the... Uh, the massive killing spree you go on. Cause you kill folks in Mafia 1 and Mafia 2, but the sheer numbers, even combined, I think you combine the numbers of people you kill in the first two games is pales in comparison to Mafia 3. But we'll get into uh, those other games maybe some other time. I don't I don't know if we'll come back. We might do it. We might touch on Mafia 3 a decade from now when you finally get to it. Because that sucks now because we're going to talk about it. We Mafia 1 is my least favorite of the trilogy. And now you've started with Mafia 1, so you've kind of started on kind of a, a, a the low end, I think. But I'm rambling here all on about this with, my, with our little, our short history with the franchises. Uh, so like I said, or you said earlier, the, the developer is Hangar 13. Now, they weren't fully established as Hangar 13 when they helped with Mafia 2, so it doesn't count in their corporate thing. They, I thought they fully developed Mafia 2. They only God. fully developed Mafia 3 in this. They, they, their, name, only, their name was all over Mafia 2. They was helped, that, but... So was it still the other company? There they was like in between. Gosh, very confusing. Because that company was absorbed and dissolved essentially by 2K. Okay. And they separated. And then they, they, during that time, they were kind of like, you, you're better at this, you go do this. And they dissolved that and made them into Hangar 13. So technically it was... One development team, but two teams at the end. This is a very complicated... It's that inner workings nonsense. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a publisher. Very confusing, because I've been keeping an eye, trying to keep an eye on Hangar 13 since I had played Mafia 2, and then a couple years later I had played 3. And, I, and when you first... When I first turned on Mafia 2 on the 360, back in the 360 days, it was one of the like one of the crazy best-looking games I saw. And I was like, this is maybe a company, especially for a, a company nobody's really heard of, and, the, and who knows what the budget was in this game, but this is like a really interesting looking game, like the way it looks and how, how much effort. It was like, it just seemed like a, a quality, oh, yeah. and, and you know, like a quality developer. I don't, I don't know what, what the right word I'm looking for is, but quality it was, developer, but it was somebody I wanted to like keep an eye on, and I was excited when they eventually announced Mafia 3. I was like, oh, this is going to be dope, you know, because mm-hmm. 2 was so good. And so kind of what happened is, well, as far as I know, because the company is only 37 people. Yeah, small companies. 37 people across four separate studios. Their headquarters is based out of um, Navato, California. Hmm. And they were uh, that the original studio was founded December f- December 2014. Hmm. And then they've had like I said gone to four other studios, but I think those other studios are also in other countries, but they're all called Hangar 13. Or, That's weird. So there are one company, but they're that is working remotely from four different places. Yeah. Okay. So it's a little strange, but yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. It's. I mean. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they People, do build really cohesive games. You know, the games aren't aren't 
broken up really. Well, no, but you can tell in this game there's distinct difference between like when there's a cut scene and when there's a the uh, you know there's a hard drop. They could make, yeah, you can, but that might be. You mean like the graphic drop from cutscene to gameplay? No, no, no. I mean like you transition. Like you know that this is like it always. Well, it does that black. weird. It, it, it does that Mafia Three. I think that's a. I think that's a choice. Those those little hard cuts from a cut from a cutscene. hard cuts. Mafia Three does that. I think that's a style choice. Like it's like a. It's like a. a what do you call it? Like um. Dang, I can't think of the word, but it's, I think it's on purpose. Well, yeah, because I remember I know some games. It's, it's like, it's like a cliff, like a cliffhanger drop, but like not every cutscene ends in a cliffhanger. But it's always like so. So said this. Vroom, it's like the it does that weird noise. It's like slaving for a movie. It's like action. It's kind, like kind of, kind of like kind of like that. Yeah, it it, it kind of does. That's how it I is. remember what game was it? The first time I legitimately noticed it was like on was a Xbox or 360 uh, Darkness, where mm. you didn't even realize. That the cutscene was over and you died. You're like, oh, Dark, darkness too. Yeah, you're like, oh crap, the game started. I didn't yeah. realize it was all. I thought it was a cutscene. Yeah. So maybe that might be because the game, game versus cutscenes look incredible, but there's yeah. a distinct camera angle difference. So maybe that's their way of like, you can play yeah. now. Yeah, this is probably. I don't know. Uh, this is on every gen, I think. But this is. It's been a couple. It's been a couple of years since I played Mafia Three, but this is technically the newest released Mafia game. So probably graphically the the most modern and uh, good-looking of the Mafia series. Mm. It does look like incredible when you're playing it, but there's not a whole lot to look at. Yeah, yeah. Go, continue on. We keep getting sidetracked here. You good? It was an interesting company. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, the founder of uh, Hangar 13, which is a gentleman named Hayden Blackman, mm-hmm. uh, he got his start in video games working for Lucas Arts yeah. for 13 years. And then he was like, "Lucas Arts, the, the game developer. Yeah, they did mostly uh, like point-and-click adventures and stuff. I think. Yeah, this is before like before we even really. They did PC games back in the day. We we, we would have never touched them. We, we don't we don't touch PC games now. Graphic adventures, graphic adventures, maybe and stuff yeah. back in the day. Um, besides that, he's also been, dabbled in writing comics for mm. all three. Uh, well, all three of the kind of the big ones: Image, DC, and Marvel. Wow. He's written for Batwoman. He wrote for Elektra, and then he did a, a, his own thing called Echo Lands for Image. Hmm. Now the funny thing is, he was he was planning on to keep writing Batwoman, but he had a, a decision to make her. Uh, I, I think she's going to marry her longtime girlfriend, and they're like, "No, that's stupid." And he's like, "But that's how the story's progressing." And they're like, "No, that's stupid." And he's like, "Well, then I quit." And they go, "Okay," and they killed off her character. So stupid. It's like they weren't ready to have a have a like a, a full comic blown. a full blown gay marriage in their comic book. Yeah, so they it was. Uh, do but it. she's uh, out and a lesbian, so I don't understand what the deal was. It's just this one step they couldn't take. But they refused to let her get married. So yeah. he was like, "I quit." And then that's because then then they then whoever it was that's DC. Mm-hmm. So then DC would have they'd, they'd have to have a stance against we're pro. I'm sure. But yeah. now that you don't do it, then now you're clearly. Yeah. Not pro gamer, it was so, so you're kind of like you're. It's just it's so and dumb. it caused him to leave, it com- just quit DC and he went to Marvel, wrote for Elektra for a while, and then he yeah. did. He's like, I, mean, I kind of want to do something else. And I'm like, why don't you try video games? He writes for a lot of he a lot of writing for females, so you don't. There's not really any females in the mafia for him to write There's for. There's uh, a strong woman who gets very few scenes. 
we're going to talk about that. She get, she starts off really strong and she gets backseated so hard in this game. We'll, we'll get we'll get to yeah. that. But in Mafia two and three, there's really no female leads. Well, there is like one female lead, Mafia three. Who's the, the legit Mafia? She's the she's the, she's the godmother, whatever you want to call the, her. Uh, the leader of the like Haitian. St- I mean, anyway, but she's yeah. in there. But she don't have that much. I mean, she's not that much of a big deal. It's it's strange. You would you think he would? Uh, maybe it's obviously it's hard. Maybe harder to push a female lead into a. Mafia franchise, maybe you'll maybe like I said, maybe they'll develop a game with with a strong female lead at some point. Yes, and considering the time frame, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> we, we've grown sort of since then. Yeah, since the time time frame of the uh, sort of, yeah, they're all all the mafias are based in different uh, decades. So again, okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, and since we don't normally cover it until a little bit later, I'm go ahead and tackle it now, graphically. It's not an art style choice. I'm not going to have a hard time describing it. It's realistic 1930s. Yeah, it's real graphics. Yeah, it's, it's 100% realistic. Yeah. They mo-capped, they uh, captured people's faces and stuff yeah. and did it's, all that. I think it's cool. Uh, though, you don't get to, they're not really fun to drive, but you don't, there are not many games where you get to see vehicles of this era and drive them around and see them in such high such high graphic fidelity as these old, you say 1930s? 1930s. These old 1930s vehicles. It is the point where you're like, we didn't do all the achievements because there's just other reasons we didn't, but there's a collecting all cars achievement I didn't do. And I was struggling with that because some of the, a lot of the 1930s cars looked the same because there just wasn't that many cars back yeah, then. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of choice. So, but that's one of the cooler things about playing. And you don't, I don't think there's many or if any other games of this era. So it is interesting to see a game based in this time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, the whole, the game takes place in Lost Haven, Illinois. Which is a fictional city, in case you don't know. Is it Lost Haven or Lost Heaven? Haven. Lost Haven. And the the gameplay, it's kind of a little rapid fire, but the game itself is a frame story over the course of eight years. Not from 1930 to 1938. Mm -hmm. And we follow our main protagonist, which is a gentleman named Tommy Angelo. 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 (laughs) Tommy Angelo who uh, is a taxi driver and is... You're, you're a taxi driver for one cutscene? For a what? Well, one, two. The cutscene and then, like, the prologue. <laughs> then something happens. Uh, but essentially, he ends up being, you know, just he's about to get off duty or, or something, and then there's a gunfight around the corner, and these two uh, mobsters run up to him, put a gun to his head, and said, drive. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and he drove very fast, very well, and got him to where they were supposed to be undamaged. And they're like, you're good, kid. We'll holly at you if you ever need anything. And they gave him a fat stack of cash. Mm-hmm. And he went about his day. <laughs> so then uh, he gets, it leads to him eventually getting recognized by some of the, so he helped, he helped, he's, you know, he didn't know he was helping one particular gang. So he, I think he gets recognized by guys from the other gang. And they end up chasing him and trying to, and they, they beat the crap out of his taxi and end up chasing him and Tommy runs. Uh he is, is it on purpose or is he in, or is he like kind of stumble into the other people? The, the well, people it seems that, on purpose. When you're sprinting to what to try to get safe, so the people he uh, jumped into his car. He's sprinting towards their like office or just where he. I just don't know why he would know where they were. This might, well, because he dropped them off there at their home office. That's true. That's so the. So so he gets back there and then um, he's like, if I'm being shot at by people, the only reason I'd be shot at by people are. Because of the people I helped, let me take the trouble to them and let them resolve it. It's kind of, I guess that's what his thinking which was. Which they do. He gets there, 
and the two guys, which we can go to, that's Sam and Paulie. Sam and Paulie, uh, you know, talk the other two guys. The, the, the guys chase him. He talks them down because now they're in their now they're in their neck of the woods. So the guys walk off and like, oh, we'll get you later, Sam and Paulie. And then the, you know they kind of kind of does that. And then you go from there, and Sam and Paulie introduce Tommy to the the Don. Uh, Don Salieri. Don Salieri. And then the game, pretty much, uh, Tommy gets recruited at that point. And then um, kind of the rest of the rest of the game, until at the very end, you're kind of just working for Don Salieri. There's, there's other, we're going to hit some points and stuff like that, but the rest of the game, from here on, you're working for him. Now, the frame story is Tommy sitting in a cop, a diner with a with a cop. You know, eight years later, he's going to turn... He's going to turn over. Uh, that's, that's why it's, it's an interesting setup. Is he's going to turn over the Don and give away all the secrets of what the mafia, his side of the mafia, has been doing for the past eight years. You know, so that's when you. That's how you get to the frame story. Is it? And it, it goes from scenes of him talking to the cop, and the cop says his little piece, and then you cut to uh, you cut you know into the frame story to where all that stuff happens, and you occasionally get cutbacks to the uh, present time. I think uh, there's a spoiler to say that this, this this doesn't do like a normal frame story. You don't cut back and then play after. No, the game when the game ends, it, it shows the game. You you stop playing and then the game plays out after like cutscenes play out after the frame story. Yeah, which is a weird way to do it. I wonder if they had development constraints or if there just wasn't any reason to keep playing after that point where there wasn't any more story because most times when you do a frame story, I don't know. Is there a more recent gaming frame story than Final Fantasy X? <laughs> I honestly don't yeah, know. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know, but Final Fantasy X is a pretty famous frame story. You do you do play back up to that point, don't you? And then you keep playing after that point. And any frame story in a movie or anything else, you eventually get to you you get to witness or play the point afterwards. Except, and I thought this was very strangely handled. Yeah, the the end game kind of. Rushed. It it feels so. I'm not entirely sure if there were restraints or anything because it doesn't mention anything about it. Yeah, I wonder because uh, I know if if they had development restraints at all, I mean, it, they would probably be more public about it. They usually are because Mafia Three didn't sell to didn't sell as well as they wanted it to. And I want I want I wonder how they even got the approval to remake Mafia One if that you know if that's the case. Well, the only thing it says it says they had issues with the release. Hmm. And, well, because of all the nonsense. Okay. And they said it was pushed back to, and that the the launch, the release date was pushed back, so it gave them more time to work on it. Okay. So I don't know. That's, that's the only problem that I see. It says it got it was originally supposed to come out in August and was pushed back a whole month. Mm. Well, okay. almost two because it said the end of September instead of the yeah. beginning of August. So that's um, the only thing that I see. Everything else just says it, everything kind of went off without a without yeah. a hitch. So it seems like the story is supposed to be that Tommy's not okay with what he's doing, but I don't think you don't get a real feeling for that necessarily. Like it tries to force it in a little bit here and there. Like Tommy will like. He's been, he'll give us some orders, some orders to go do something kind of nefarious, and he'll be, and he'll he'll make a face, and he's like he's like okay, boss, and he kind of goes and does it. There's that weird juxtaposition there because clearly on the end of the frame story, he's you know giving it all up. But like uh, one of the bigger things is uh, I don't think he's killed yet, killed anybody for the dawn, 
So you're sent on this mission to go kill the that mayor's who was that guy like the mayor's son or something well you kill the guy and you find out later it was the mayor's son so he has not so you kill him because he was harassing sarah yeah so but you get to that whole thing so you're chasing them guys down and you go through this warehouse and you gun down 20 people like you're just pop 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 gunning down and the game the gunplay sucks Kind of, no, not kind of. It's not great. The gunplay just sucks in this game. It's just weird because it wasn't bad Mafia 3. And this game kind of looks like when you're playing it, it kind of looks and has kind of the almost sort of the feel of Mafia 3 a little bit, but like worse than Mafia 3, which is strange because they made it afterwards. Well, you got to think Mafia 3 (coughs) has slightly more modern weapons. These are weapons from the 30s. So you think they made them shoot crappy on purpose? Kind of. I would assume so because you got to, because. They are they are trying to be authentic. Exactly, because Mafia Three was in like the what sixties, seventies. Yeah, yeah. So, so you like guns are a little more updated over 30, 40 years. You're, you're right, but I, I was wondering if it was on purpose. But anyway, the gunplay in this game sucks. It's not great. So, but you gun your way through this warehouse, you kill like 15, 20 people, and you get in your car and you chase these kids down in this car. It's, it's a chase scene. Too many chase scenes in this game. You wreck. You, they, they, wreck. they wreck and you get out and a cutscene starts where Tommy walks up to the thing and he holds a gun up but he and the, and the guy's like oh please don't kill me please don't kill me and Tommy like hesitates and then uh, Paulie walks up and like caps the kid bah, 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 pop, twice pop, in the pop. head one in the chest yeah and then Tommy's like upset about it I was like you just is this like what is that the what's that what do you call that there's, there's a term for like they t- you know, I want to say juxtaposition but it's a uh they talk about like back in like Tomb Raider, like like, like the first when they started the re- the Tomb Raider remakes, mm-hmm. where she was like all upset that she killed a person, and then like she's just like wiping out a freaking armada through not armada, but uh, what do you call a a group of a bandit I, camp? A, I don't know. I just can't find words today. Platoon, a platoon, squad, maybe maybe a platoon uh, or a squad of bounty hunters that she just wipes out through a that unit. Game. You know, there's a couple of different okay, measurements of people. Of, there's lots of words. <laughs> I pulled. Armada out of my head. <laughs> That's for the shit. One, the one word, the one word that doesn't work. I mean, you could have said pack because some of these anything, people are wild and crazy. Anything, but anyway, same thing with the Tomb Raider. And eventually, she's okay with killing. But you kill a bunch first in this game, and then it gets to a cutscene where he just like crossing the line of killing is killing for the dawn's not okay. Now, well, Polly has no problem killing, but Polly's been in the mafia for a while. The only thing I could think in that particular scene is that was fight or flight. Is like his adrenaline took over and he was just protecting himself. And this one, they were wounded and begging for mercy. And he got to, he had to, he got a moment to adrenaline fell down and he saw them as people. But that leaves up to you to interpret that. Yeah. I guess. That's the only thing I see for that moment. You think he would have he just let him go, but I think if it was he, his choice. He would have let him go. He probably would Anybody that was wounded enough to go. Well, they were begging for help and they, they technically they were kids. In his eyes, they were kids. Like they were like, you know, 19. 20, 20, yeah. you know, they were younger than him. They were kids. Barely younger than him. Tommy's not that old, I don't think. I don't think so, but... But I think that's I think that's what... Because he does that that moral thing a couple of times, but he also, like, as he gets deeper and deeper to the mafia thing, if he says no, he dies because he's seen other people die. Yeah, he has... Uh, so he of, gets the fear. Where he yeah, doesn't he like gets, it, but he has to. He gets to. sent on a thing. We won't say who, but there's uh, somebody that betrays the Don... And you chase this person. There's twice it happens. One, um, I forget the order. There's the one the Don kills right in front of him. That's the second one. Okay, so the first one you chase down. By yourself. By yourself. And uh, Tommy lets him go. Well, you have a choice. No? 
It's a, it's a cut scene. Oh, it's right? a cut scene, yeah. It's a so. cut scene. So Tommy lets this person go. They get killed later anyway. Like the, yeah. Don, the Don finds out. This is what we're jumping ahead. Uh, we just had our spoilers for the beginning of this podcast. We're going to try to avoid some of the some of, some of the stuff, but we're going to have a little bit of spoilers for it. This is a pretty, I think the story is the most important part of this game because the gameplay is not, not that great and the driving and stuff like that. I think the main focus of this would be the, the retelling of this story from the first game. But he lets that person go. And that happens first, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, and then because the other one, the other one, you're sent, more aggravated because it's a second betrayal. A second betrayal. That's why so you're, so you're angry. chasing a guy, and then the Don's with you. And when you catch the guy, the guy's begging for his life, and the Don literally beats him to death right in front of Tommy. Stomps his face. Yeah, beats just, him, beats him to death in front of Tommy. That's what Tommy gets another sees, you know, sort of the darker side of what he's what he's a part of. And I think maybe that's what scares him into never never trying to leave or do anything. But he still makes a lot of. A lot of uh, strange choices and does weird things behind the Don's uh, back here and there. And then there's, uh, we talked about female leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name? Her name is uh, Sarah, though I don't have a last name for her. Yeah, her her dad, uh, her dad works for the restaurant that is the front for... He's the bartender, the Luigi. The bartender, Luigi, who is the front for the Don's place. The Don's whole organization is above and behind the restaurant. It's all in there. His daughter, uh, Tommy, and her kind of hit it off. She plays hard to get for a little while. There's a few cute cut scenes, and then there's a date and a couple of interesting. There's a lot of build up to them, a lot of nice cute cut scenes build up to them getting together. And then when they get when they get together, you basically never see her again. You, you see her like she gets like twice. Yeah, she's like in two more cut scenes. Like it's just like one really good cut scene. I feel like where she 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 delivers one of my. Favorite lines in the game. We'll get to that in a second. I want, I want to share that one while we're talking about her. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of build-up to them getting together, and they do end up getting married, you know, getting married and having a kid. A daughter. A daughter. But all this is kind of, you find out this, like, through other people talking. Like, Tommy, how's the how's the wife and kid? And blah, blah, blah. You don't, there's no more relationship with them in the game. The game you don't even see the kid at all. You don't see the kid at all. Mm-hmm. So there's no more relation, relationship build-up. Now, Tommy, in the, in the present day, is talking about he wants to... Uh, He'll trade this information for the mafia. He'll trade them for the safety of his wife and daughter. Yeah. So well, he's he's doing this for them anyway. I just wish that if it, if that was about that so much, then that you would have more of this. Yeah. More of them together, and it just in little one-off cutscenes every couple of, because there's so much jumping in time through his 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 work through the mafia that you should sprinkle in the wife and daughter more throughout. Because it'd know? be cool to say like an in-between mission was like take. Sarah, I, again, I don't remember the daughter's name. We'll, we'll say Sally. We'll say take Sarah and Sally. Yeah, does she even have a name? I don't know if they've said it, but we take them on a picnic, on you know a Sunday picnic, and like you're doing that, and then out of nowhere, your compatriots Sam and Polly, like they, they know where you're at. They you know like, you know, we got a job to do. Cut it quick with the fam. I know it's you know they could have like, you know how it's interrupting his family life, and that could have been like a build. It could have just small cutscenes or like yeah. one playable thing, but they did none. Yeah, hard cut to never seeing her again. Which I I mean I guess I mean if it's called mafia, it's not called family. It's more about yeah, but it's just like you're supposed it's to. Why he's trying to get out? Yeah, you'd it's, think you'd have some sort of emotional connection, but yeah, and then the, the struggle between the family, family, and the mafia family should be strong because he gets he gets really tight, and I don't you don't really get enough enough of him connecting so much. I mean, he works for eight years, you know, with Sam and Polly, but there's not enough of them just having fun either. 
No, they're like, not, not you only because because it's a video game. You only cut to the action scenes of them doing jobs together. There's no, you know. There's not so much with Sam, but there is one with Polly, where you pick him up and you dust him off. And he's drunk at someone's wedding. It's like twice you pick him up drunk. I think. Yeah, I like, or is that, that that's the same one? We're supposed to drive him home. Yeah, you drive home and you have a choice yeah. to take him there's, home. There's or take an achievement him to a... we, we both missed there because he's in the in that you're driving. He's drunk. And he's talking about taking him to a strip club. Uh, but like we, the the we, Blue we both, Flamingo. We both took him home. Apparently, there's an achievement we missed if you take him to, because he's telling you where it's at. Yeah. If you take him to the strip club, you get you get, another, get an achievement for taking him to the strip club. But we both missed it completely. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to her. Uh, she is part of one way later in the game cutscene while he's at, he's at home. Um, this is after you are sent by Don to kill a politician. Yeah, kill this, this is a way too long, way extended. This is drug out. Like you could have cut this scene in half to add add more time. This the prison scene where you're working your way to the prison. It's probably the, one of the worst parts of the game. It's obnoxious because you working gotta... your way. It's so extended for no reason. Like you could have cut literally cut this the time it takes to get to this prison. Cut it in half and divert your development time somewhere. No part of the prison's fun. You know, let me explain. Because first you have to drive through the city to find. Uh, like an abandoned area. Like I think, I think the old prison because everything's been moved. So you have to find the old prison that has been taken over by homeless people. You have to kind of semi befriend or get through the homeless people, get to the tunnels. Well, some fight you. Yeah. Go through the tunnels, avoiding the people, get through the sewers, make it to the prison and then work your way through the prison. Also avoiding and occasionally fighting more homeless folk. And then you make it all the way up this tower. This on the other side of the river, and you're trying to snipe a politician. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, of course, the game won't move forward unless you murk the guy. And then immediately, because you, you've stolen a cop radio, and they're like, it came from the old the old prison, and and you get swarmed. And you have to go all the way back out of the prison. You have to fight, literally fight all the way back out. Yeah, it's such a drag. It was, uh, it'd have been much better if it was just like a straight stealth. Or instead of it making doing combat, to like sneak through the thing to get out, or mm-hmm. have an have an alternate path, like jump off the thing with the with the parachute, land in a speedboat, and drive off. Something besides redoing everything you just did, only with more gunfire. Yeah, it sucked. But killing that politician does lead to a scene with her, where uh, in, in her house, and I guess she's reading a newspaper or something like that, and she's watching the telly. Is her television back then? Yeah, the 1930s, or maybe she's listening to the radio. It's the radio. Either way, she finds you, you. You hear about this politician getting killed. She doesn't know. I don't think she doesn't. She's not. Doesn't seem like she does. She, I think she'd be madder because she doesn't. I don't think she knows Tommy's the one who did it. No, but, she knows what he does, but she's also willfully ignorant because she her how, dad's how, in how, the business. Maybe how how involved he is. Yeah, but uh, this also shows you how ignorant uh, Tommy is of the stuff that he does. She's like, did you hear? She's like, did you hear about this politician um, getting killed? And uh, Tommy's like, yeah, I heard he's a little bit of a scumbag, you know. But he don't, he don't, he don't know anything about it. He was just told to kill him by the Don. But the dude's doing stuff. So really, the guy's probably, I mean, as good as a politician can be, might have been doing good things or pressing up against the mafia, the crime until the Don wanted him taken out. So really, you did a really, a really bad thing. And she was like, she was like, yeah, maybe, but he was also fighting for uh, women's rights. You know, I, I, you know, I have, will have the right to vote because because of this man. And then she says, I guess, 
everybody's not just one thing, are they, Tommy? And I, and I, I like that line. Like, he may be he may be just a scumbag to you, but like, or scumbag. Or you may have heard he's a scumbag, but he does. He's does been doing great things. But the irony of it is, I, I love that line. But Tommy didn't know nothing about him. Knew nothing. Did have no idea. And she, yeah, because of him, I'm allowed to vote now, Tommy. Yeah. And know. Tommy was just like, hmm. yeah, he had nothing he to say. He had, after, had no nothing clue. To, no nothing to say after that. And that's one of the better her line. You know, I guess everybody's not just one thing, are they? Like, because she had. Like, she had, as I'm thinking about it, she had some good scenes, but they were so fast and so few between. Well, there's really just that one. There's like an ending scene with her where, well, you, where he tells her to run. You have the intro scene where you know you're your little meet cute, which is fun and endearing. You're like, oh, that's sweet. And then sometime later, you, I think you beat somebody to death. Like with your bare hands, you have to beat somebody because they won't give up and then when you come home covered in blood come home covered in blood and she's super mad the candles half burnt the cold, the food's dinner and she's just sitting there smoking she's like cold food's on the table if you want to eat and join me for dinner and then she turns around and he's just stone faced and you have blood spattered all over the side of his face and his coat and because she, she knows she immediately you know puts down her cigarette comes over to him and goes oh and just starts like undressing him and like patting his head and goes mm. and gets a cloth makes like because he's like I guess in shock he's catatonic and she just controls him to the sit down wipes his face takes him to the bedroom like, she immediately took over because she knew it wasn't his fault why he was yeah. late like it was like she was understanding but those moments I guess they're powerful because they were so few but I wish I do a hundred percent wish there were more with them with the family with his yeah. family and we talk about that. The game itself is incredibly linear. They don't yeah. really allow you free time to play. They, they actually have a whole separate mode, a free roam called free ride mode. They let you do. Problem is, there's yeah, let you let you drive around. There's just not a lot to, not a lot to do or see really. Like you can you can steal cars and stuff like that and and drive around, but it's just not. I just don't think it, I don't think it's worth the time. Like, like you're, you're going to drive around enough in the main game that I think you'll see majority of what you want to see of the city. And it even has a skip drive thing. Like you'll hop into a car and it'll, it'll say skip, is it skip drive? And you get down on the D pad and it'll, it'll, it'll fade, just, it'll fade to black and you'll, it'll fade back in and you're, you're at your destination. You're pulling into your, the spot before. So if you don't like the, if you don't like the driver, don't like the cars, you have, you have that as an option. I did that as much as possible. I didn't do it that as much as you. I don't think because I wanted to hear. Like I didn't do it if I had somebody in the car with me because they, they, I, they I sat still until their dialogue was done, then hit skip drive. Oh really? <laughs> I drove. I mean, I, I just drove the whole way if they were talking because sometimes they would talk in the beginning and they would be quiet, and all of a sudden they would talk more at the end of the drive. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to hear. I just wanted to hear it all. Yeah. I mean, because the voice acting was impeccable. It was really, really good. Very now, good. however, the person who uh, did the voice work for Paulie. Uh, made a choice. <laughs> I'll just say that they made a choice. Now, speaking of voice acting, it does sadden me that this entire cast was was new. None of it was original people. Okay, why does that sadden you? Well, it doesn't sadden me because I have no attachment to them. But like, I thought it'd be cool. You know, it's always cool when people come back because mm-hmm. it talks about the um, the Italian release. The original Tommy came back. From oh, really? the the O two version came back and reprised his role to do the voice work on the, on the Italian version. 
in the Italian, only Tommy in the Italian version, but then it goes on to say in the Czech Republic or whatever, the entire original cast came back and redid all their original, their voice work. And that, and that whatever that language is? Yeah, Czech. So why do they not do their, let's get the American cast? I guess I not. I don't know. Maybe people huh. had moved on or some of them were just like, I don't do video. I was wondering if it was like re-recorded or if it used old audio. I mean, I couldn't tell. The it was all, oh, all re-recorded. Not only was it re-recorded, but they like, they had to read like they, they it's a remaster they rebuilt the entire game made it more focused this, this is a remaster this is a remake a remake 100% floor ground up remake to the point where like they even talked about like areas that you know needed a lighter touch <laughs> like uh, Chinatown and stuff like that they they made it more vibrant and less racist <laughs> for lack of a better term and a couple other things like that they they used uh, what do you call it? Data mapping mm-hmm. for uh, the the city and for the driving and everything, and as well as like I said, the motion captures for the people. They had to record new scoring for everything, mm-hmm. and on top of all this, they actually expanded the original story. Did they? There, there are some moments, uh, well, the, to the point where the the original writer uh, even praised and he approved and praised the additions. Like one of the big, big additions that was not, a, I think, in the original. Actually, I don't, I don't really know because I didn't say what the additions were. It's just that there were additions made yeah. to make. The, I can guarantee you the ending was definitely added on since it connects well, directly to Mafia Two. Yeah, it does connect directly to Mafia Two. Yeah, and every everything was praised. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, the graphics are great. This is great. This is great. But the one thing that got a lot of backlash, which I 100% agree with, is some of the animations they chose to do. Like, mm-hmm. some of these, it was so stiff, and I don't think they used mocap for that. That's weird. They, they mocap most of it, didn't they? Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, some of the fist fighting was just so yeah, rigid. The fist and, fighting was very rigid. And yeah. dumb. Like, I get it. Maybe they didn't, know how, they didn't know martial arts back then or really how to fight other than the box. But it was horribly rigid. It's okay, though. You ain't, you ain't got to fist fight all that much. Do you have anything you want to add? Um, I'm not sure. Is there any more parts of the game you want to touch on? We don't want to go too much into the... Uh, we've kind of touched a lot of spoilers, but... Well, we we'll know. We've left the... quite a bunch of things out. We didn't say... You, know. uh, you just said there's a Mafia 2 connection, which didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do uh, Mafia 2. Uh, I didn't understand it at the time, but in Mafia 2... One of your missions is uh, when I played it is you you're sent to kill this guy named Tommy Pinchetti in Mafia Two and it's kind of it's kind of a cutscene that just plays out in Mafia Two and I was like I don't know who that was I think I googled it at the time and somebody was like oh it's so cool that's the protagonist from the first game I was like oh that is pretty cool you're sent to kill him that sucks for that guy that I didn't know <laughs> um, that plays out I mean it's not it's not so much a spoiler if it's in Mafia Two but because uh, it doesn't happen in the game. It happens in a, the one of the final cutscenes. When the final cutscenes, it's playing out Tommy's life after get well, quote unquote, getting away from the mafia. He has a whole life, which is pretty good. And then it, cut, it finally gets to the scene where uh, Vito and I forget the other guy's name come up in a cutscene, and they're like, "Are you, Tom, you know, Tommy Vincetti?" And he's like, he says something, and the other guy blows him away with a shotgun, which is what happens in Mafia Two. Yeah, point blank. Point blank blows him away. I was like, that's pretty cool. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of wraps it, wraps it all the way, wraps it all the way around. And then, like I said, Mafia Three, uh, Vito is one of the guys you work with, so they kind of, they, they keep it all kind of connected. This world of, of Mafia. Uh, is there any other 
scenes and talk about like there's the race which I, I, I imagine is uh, it, one of the hardest parts of the entire game it's uh yeah there's one race in the entire game it's it's bad real real bad real bad uh there's the it's just not, not ain't much more to say but it's just really hard for no reason and the too many chase scenes that there's go so on many too long and there's so a, many chase scenes chasing cars chasing people just they're driving. always chasing somebody for some reason you end up chasing an airplane. Chasing oh. the airplane sucks. I had to help you with the final part. I couldn't do it. A part that should be it. cool. A part that shouldn't have a fail state. Like you, well, I mean, I guess the, the length of the, the airstrip, whatever. But you're chasing it. You're in a car chasing an airplane, and you have to gun out the engines, which would be cool if it wasn't so difficult to do in the game. Like you have a Tommy gun, and you're like shooting the engines. It took me multiple tries in my game, and then I had eventually had to took a couple more tries to do it for Blake and his because. He was about. He was. I mean, honestly, there's a point in games where you quit sometimes, and that was where that was Blake's breaking uh, well, point. Yeah, that was the second time I was about to quit the game. The first time was the race. Yeah. Did you Did you beat the race, or did I beat the race? I what? ended up beating the race, beat the race after on my second night of trying because I gave up on it the first yeah. night. So those parts are just really, really suck, and all the chase scenes suck. We're talking bad checkpoints. Like you're chasing somebody on a motorcycle one time, like you're on a motorcycle, and if you wreck at all, they get away, and I, I, and it starts. Or you, back- you die. Yeah, or you step, you start back at the beginning. So like, I was just like, this is I mean checkpoint somewhere now. Come on, but I mean, far too many chases. I, I, I know there's maybe limited gameplay options, but we just don't need to be chasing chasing so much. I just I just think it was unnecessary, especially in vehicles and stuff like that that weren't weren't fun to drive. You got any, any other scenes you want to point out before we move on? I'm trying to think of maybe a few cool ones because there is. I mean, there's cool, but there's also spoilery, and I don't really want to... There's a, um... What do you call those boats? Uh, a paddle boat? Not a paddle boat, but, um... They have that, the, the, the river boat. They have that... River boat, yeah. I mean, the, the, the huge river boat. Uh, this game has one of those, too. Uh, I mentioned it being one of my one of my favorite scenes in Mafia 3. This is nowhere near as good. I was kind of... I thought it was funny to kind of see it happening again in a, in a, in a different way. Like, you're there to... It's funny how they keep ending up ended on these boats when they're there to kill somebody, but uh, it's nowhere near as uh, good good as it is in Mafia Three. So, yeah, it's yeah. But you haven't seen that yet. But there's the paddle. What, what do you call it? the riverboat scene in Mafia Three? Is done a lot better than this one. It's really really. Man, I wonder if it was an homage or that one was an homage to like, oh, we did that, but we could do it so much better nowadays. Maybe who, who knows which they because we don't know was the uh, riverboat scene in the original game. Yeah, you know, I don't know how, how a river, riverboat would have looked on Mafia. On the Xbox, anyway. So there's that. Yeah, I didn't get. We didn't get the one K. Well, we still, we, we didn't. Yeah. Um. Once we realize there's a there's a beat the game on hard achievement, we kind of we lose interest in games like that pretty quickly. And then there is for no reason whatsoever an excessive amount of collectibles in this game for for no there's no there's no reason for it. There's yeah. just hundreds of them. It seems like it's just, just so many. Like Mafia Two had like. Playboys or something like that, and then Mafia Three I think had Playboys, and then there's these like little uh, other things. Police badges or something? No, not police. I don't know what else they have. They both they both had whatever. They both had other things. This is just like random collectible cards and comics and stuff like that, cards, which have no comics, no relevance cars. to the game at all. No relevance to the game or the characters in any kind of way. They pop up on your mini map, so I grab the ones when you're close to them, and I thought the game would be like leading you to like. I thought that most of them would be in the path of the main game, which qu- quite a few of them are. It's There's lo- just so many. And we're 
It's definitely less than half. And I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do all of that, especially if I wasn't getting a 1K. Like, if there wasn't a difficulty achievement, like, if, if all I had to do was, like, beat the game and then drive around and do a couple of clicks and stuff, I might have gotten the 1K. Like, yeah, but. I didn't get the 1K in Mafia 2. I did get it in Mafia 3 because I, I, played, I played Mafia. That's, that's the difference in a, in a, in a game you like. Uh, Mafia 3 has uh, two separate endings. You have to replay the game completely. All the way through twice to get the 1K, and I did that in Mafia Three. So, but you were to like plow through the yeah. Well, it's interesting in Mafia Three again. I keep we keep bragging about that game. I played all that game originally through one way, and then later when all the DLC come out and some of the DLC apply kind of applies to the main game. So I was able to play my entire second playthrough of Mafia had to had the DLC sprinkled in. That's so it was kind of like a bonus experience plus the game plus I cha- I changed the way the story played out. So, I don't know. Mafia 3 is uh, just a better game, in my opinion. You won't probably hear that anywhere else because people talk bad about Mafia 3. But in my opinion, it's the best. This is probably worth experiencing. Well, we got it on Gamefly, so we didn't, we didn't pay for it or anything like that. Uh, I would, if, if anything, I would Gamefly. It was 20, 25 hours, something like that. In order to get everything, I, doing what I did, uh, my according to TA, my playthrough is 12 hours. I don't know what mine is. I'm just see real quick. Uh, I can keep talking for a second. <laughs> so this one time at band camp. Okay, mine's mine's eleven hours. Okay, so eleven hours. Sixty seven percent of the achievements. Yeah, I wasn't doing it all. As of the recording of this podcast, it's on sale for thirteen dollars. But uh, it's probably worth thirteen dollars if you're gonna, if you're going to do everything. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I would just I would just game fly it and play through the. Uh, and play through the story. I wouldn't do anything more than that unless you really, really love it. You got how much percentage of the achievements, Drew? 67. Okay, me too. But we, yeah. I think we had different ones, though. We had the same, a lot of the same achievements, probably. I'm sure there's one or two we got different, though. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's enough for Mafia 1. We talked about it for quite a bit, which yeah. is pretty good. How do we hit all the important scenes? Now we'll go... <laughs> we, we, picked this, we picked these two games because... Uh, the juxtaposition of these two games is, is wild. Like the 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 themes and stuff of this second game, the characters of Mafia One would not understand in any kind of way. As Mafia One's in the thirties, the boyfriend dungeons very, very twenty twenty two. You know, it's very very modern of how boyfriend dungeon handles and does things. Well, I said I said the name of the game. Whoops! You said it three times. I said it three times. Anyway, so now you know what the game is. But I'll let Blake go and introduce the next game. The game we'll be talking about is called Boyfriend Dungeon. August 11th, 2021. Now, it's published and developed by Kit Fox Games. Kit Fox Games uh, is based out of Montreal, Canada, and has been around since June 2013, and is just eight people still. Wow. That's a small team. I think they were were a little bit 
early on, and now they're eight, but I think they've been eight the majority of their time. Yeah. You can tell about, uh, we'll talk, talk about the other games. You can, you can tell kind of about the scale of this game, maybe that it was kind of a smaller team, the size of this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, Kit Fox, they've made six games total. There is this game, of course. Then they have a roguelike RPG called Shattered Plane, a action RPG called Moon Hunters. Now, this one I'm actually relatively interested in, it, and I will probably play it on my own after that and come back later, but it's a Switch exclusive as well called Shrouded Isle, and it is more of a management sim but you are in charge of five families in a Lovecraftian-themed horror thing going on. I remember you talked about it. Have you looked it up yet? I haven't yet. I'm going to soon. But you're in charge of five families, and at the end of each, I think it's like each month or each new moon or whatever, uh, one of the family members, and depending on how, you, how you've managed them, uh, someone has to be sacrificed to the Elder God. And depending on who you sacrifice, it gives and their importance in the family gives more favor and influence to that family and takes from another. And by the end of it, I think there's just one family to rule them all. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't I even mean, I know what it looks like. I just read it. And I'm like, I'm, I got to play this game. Hopefully, chances are it'll be sprite-based and I'll be sad because it won't look that cool. But yeah. I'll, uh, I'll look it up. What's it called? It's called Shrouded Isle. And besides that one, there is a okay. There's a game uh, called Lucifer Within Us. It you take charge. I think it was like two or three different characters, and you have to solve a non-linear mystery. Well, you it's like three separate people from three different points in time. You have to combine all their knowledge. And figure out this mystery slash murder that happened. And it seems pretty cool. Also, the one last thing they did, which is kind of weird. It was a Mixer exclusive. I'm not entirely sure what Mixer is. Mixer was like the um, Xbox's um, answer to Twitch, Twitch right? But they they like spent millions of dollars buying uh, Ninja Ninja's exclu- exclusivity. Yeah. And then closed Mixer. Like it was like, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? Because you're dumb. But anyway, it's a, it was a mixer exclusive called Bad Cupid, and it was how do you call it? AI procedurally generated characters, and then these characters would go on a date, and then you, as the crowd watching Mixer, would vote if you think that they should continue to date or break up. It was a an AI-generated reality TV show where you voted on the couple staying together or not. This um, Shrouded Isle looks weird. It looks weird? It's not pixel graphics? No, it's just like, it's hard, kind of hard to explain. You'll have to look at it later. It's kind of hard to explain what it looks like. It's not like, it's just screens of dialogue and making choices on these on this stuff. It looks very, very strange. I mean, it could be a visual novel. Kind of. I'll, I mean, I'll see. I'll look into. There's a couple of things on the Switch. That's that its I own distinct art style. It doesn't look anything like Boyfriend Dungeon. Well, that's good. The, yeah. It looks nothing like. This looks. Really, the good news is none of their games. Looks really dark. I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing this. The good news is like none of their games actually do look alike, which is I think kind of cool. It right, speaks yeah. will well, real well to the, their the art team, to the company. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's uh, we said earlier. 
Actually, I don't know if we did or not. Um, Boyfriend Dungeon, based off the title, is a dungeon crawler. It's an action... We say action RPG because you love love. It's action, action hey, RPG, yeah. Action RPG, dungeon crawling, urban fantasy dating sim. That's yeah. also a visual novel spliced in there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. When you're doing, it's a visual novel, novel dating sim. Yeah. Whew, it's got a lot of stuff shoved in there. Yeah. I will, uh, leading off, we, we like I think a lot of folks they expected to be more. There's there's only two dungeons. Yeah. They are procedurally generated when you go into them, but there's only two. Yeah, there's only two. Yeah. You're making a face because they are they are, they are random when you go into them. No, they're the same pattern, ain't they? Floor one, floor two, because each one only has a distinct number of floors. So I think each floor is the every floor when you go into it looks different. You run the dungeons multiple times. Every time you go in, the the floors are the the events are the same. Like the events trigger sort of in the same like the bosses trigger, but mm-hmm. like the actual events. Within and the items, all that stuff is random. It's yeah, all random. I guess you're right. Yeah, it just yeah. seems. How boring would it be running the, the two identical, like two identical dungeons over and over again? Like it, I don't it, know. it, 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 it random, randomizes. Well, they're so them. similar that. Yeah, but it randomizes them to make sure you don't do the same thing, exactly the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Anyway, <laughs> you take over. I don't forgot what we're saying. Oh, I talked about the you know the type of game, and you can talk about graphics or whatever. Oh, I do. Yeah, graphics. Uh, I do like what do you call this? Is just cartoony art, like it looks kind of not anime, but like a how would you explain it? It's just cartoon art, not Saturday morning cartoon. It just looks like it's. We'll, we'll say it is a, like high end American animation. Yeah, because they don't look. They're not. Nobody's exaggerated. Nobody has exaggerated features or anything like that. They they just look like people. They have different flares and color flares and stuff like that. They all got like they all got like a certain colors that kind of pop pop that make them more uh, stand out more stand out to what they we, each person looks like. And I'd say not like Saturday morning cartoon, like Saturday night cartoon, something you'd watch on like Toonami. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's uh, you know it's definitely an Amer- Americans trying to make anime is what it looks like. Yeah, and some of the other like like some of the menus and some of the splash screens and the loading screens and stuff flying around sometimes i get the feeling they were slightly influenced by the way persona like persona 5 maybe the way things splash the release date definitely after so this came out way after i'm just saying but it kind of seems like there's a bit of a persona uh influence here when it comes to like flashiness and what they're trying to do i don't think it's as flashy or as, as good looking maybe as persona 5 but uh there's a there's clear i think there's i think there's clear influence uh clear influence there the what do you call it? The crux of this game? Is that the right word? I just can't find words. I think crux is a good one. Uh, is You just kind of accept it. Um, in this town, uh, people have been randomly... Random folks can randomly have the ability to turn into weapons. They all turn into different different kinds of bladed weapons. And everybody's just like, yeah, that just happens now. And everybody's just kind of okay with it. Well, like I think it's, that's it's the perfect. urban fantasy setting. Urban I, fantasy stuff, I think, yeah. I think it's a known thing in the world. That okay. people like in my head, I was like, "Oh, it's just." It's funny that my the last uh, TV show I talked about, Soul Eater, had people and people who could turn into weapons, and they just lived harmoniously oh, in the same. If only universe. we planned this podcast better. If only we did too. But that's <laughs> kind of what it is. Just a, it's just a known thing. You have wielders, and then you have weapons. Yeah, and that's, wielders pretty much in any loser who can't turn into a weapon. Well, I think yeah, basically there's there's nothing special about you that makes you a wielder. 
as anybody can just pick up. Now it's very uh, because of the tone of this game, it's very uh, sometimes personal and sexual in a way to wield somebody. Yeah. We'll, we'll get more into that as it goes along. But uh, each time you meet one of the characters who can turn into a weapon or vice versa from a weapon back into a person, a lot of them are strung along in the dungeons for some reason. There's story reasons why they're just they're kind of lost in the dungeon. They do do these flashy transformation animations, which you only, you only get to see one time. I wish you could kind of view them outside or you got to see them more often. These really, really flashy, great-looking animations, which I wrote in my notes, reminded me of, remember that really cool animation, that opening... The splash. The splash animation of when we, when we played Haven? Yes. The way that looked. These animations kind of looked a lot like that same style that Haven was using. Now, is there a way to find out if it was the same person? I don't think so, but I think... What are the odds? But I just don't know, but it had a very similar kind of look and kind of just like flair to it than that, that, that Haven video had. I think that has a lot to do with uh, probably, I'd say, a group of... 25 to 35 year olds who were raised on anime in America <laughs> and they had heavy influence. Maybe, but uh, well, technically, I say America, but this is a Canadian company, exactly. so I mean, they could have American influences, oh, yeah, or Canadian or Japanese or whatever, Ca- yeah. but you know what I mean. But I, but I don't know, but you like you liked them too, right? I oh, yeah, I thought they, they, I were, they all looked really I do cool. wish that you could, I could review them and kind of like, be like, oh, that was really cool, or like see anything they hidden in the hidden, the hidden. They, the, there's nothing hidden in them, I don't think, but it's just kind of they clearly put some good work and thought into them, and you, you only to see each of them one time. Yeah, I don't see because you have a bedroom, why can't you just like have a DVD player with or the click room? on your phone and view them? Because you get you know, yeah. the game's really phone focused, yeah. yeah, it's a modern, like very I said, 2022, modern. very phone focused thing now like i said earlier your main character is on it's real <laughs> i guess that it's all feels like an anime or a bad movie yeah because yeah, your main character is on summer vacation in this make-believe essentially california area i'm not even sure yeah. where you're at uh your mom sends you there to hang out with your cousin and your mom really hopes that you go on your first date first date ever uh, speaking of your mom, I, le- I left mine on, okay? You have an option to turn off text messages from your mom. It's it's strange, but it's one of those things where I guess they want the, the, the experience to be more personal because some people do have a mom, some people don't. I think it was a lot of that. And when you turn the game on, too, there is a warning that there, there, is, there is portrayals, portrayals, portrayals of various relationship types, like from... Um, like uh, what's like it? stalkers and uh, forceful forceful people and stuff like that. It's worded differently. I wish I had, had it pulled up, but uh, there is a like a, a thing that tell, it's like a, war- a warning I haven't seen in a game before because there's because you run through so many different personality types uh, in this game that it kind of gives you a warning because you know all people are all people are different and some I don't I don't know I don't I don't know how to explain it but there's like a like a like a a social kind of, I guess, I guess that's right, a social warning. No, did you find it? I, I got it right here. Let me pull it up. Okay. This story, uh, warning, this story involves exposure to unwanted advances, stalking, other forms of emotional uh, manipulation. So please play with care and take breaks as needed and let, you know, and get help if you needed it. 
and it could help. Yeah, so they're kind of really forward about that. And I guess the, I guess the mom thing comes along with that. So maybe people, some people have, maybe your mom's passed away or you have a bad relationship with your mom and you don't want to see those texts popping through. It's just like a really like. Yeah, here's the uh, the other one uh, for your mom. It says, this game sometimes sends you supportive text messages from a character named mom. Is that okay? You can answer no and we will disable these messages. So yeah. I wonder if some people have a bad relationship with their mom. Could be bad. Or, yeah, they had a, your mom could be dead. You at know? the very least, I kind of wish like in, if they if they went that far, they should have said we can change the character to mom or dad or something. You know, they should have they could have added. Exactly. If they went this far, they could have went the step further for adding dad. Mom or dad, well. yeah. It's, it's just it's just a name swap. Yeah, because I don't think it would have made it made yeah. much difference. But I think that would have made it more personal for if they went that far. Why not go the extra step? But you know, yeah. no big deal. I'm not like. Very back, you know, inter- interesting stuff in there. So you're, you're, you're here again. Your cousin, uh, I didn't. I didn't like the cousin character. No, I don't even remember his name, but he was a kind of a d bag. Well, he wasn't like written as a d bag. He just to to us, he kind of comes off, and that's where we're gonna get into. Like, we're not. We'll stay at the front. Like, we're both like. There's a, lots of portrayals of um, there's gay, transgender, non-binary. There's this game covers all of that. Like, we're we're fully. Uh, we're fully supportive of all that stuff, but we don't have the, like you know the queer. Um, what do you, what do you call it? The the knowledge. The I knowledge just, I to know. talk about this correctly, but it's all throughout this, uh, all throughout this game. So maybe some of these scenes just didn't like make as much sense to us. And that's the right right way to say it. I don't know. There's like weird things. I'll get to like one of my main gripes with the game here here in just a moment. But your cousin is here to basically just force people onto you. Every 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 turn, like every, everywhere you, you go, folk. he's just like throwing you throwing you at people, which is uh, kind of un- kind of kind of uncomfortable. That's what I kind of found uncomfortable about it. But I'll go ahead and say it now, which will lead to my might lead to my least favorite character too. Is that a lot of what, what I didn't like about this game? Now I liked a lot of the characters. I love the art style. I kind of like the idea of the dungeons. Which we'll get we'll get into those. Is that everybody in this game is extremely forward. Mm-hmm. Extremely forward, and I, I don't. Maybe maybe we're just two older guys, but maybe maybe younger, maybe maybe teenagers and people in their twenties are more forward nowadays. Maybe <laughs> maybe like we're like we're we're on mid thirties. Maybe it's not like that, and you know. But like everybody in this is on. It's always it's all the text message. You have text messages and you have face to face conversations, but both. Like they're they talk the same way and they're incredibly forward with their their feelings like they're like what they want to do and like it's like always oh, extremely I found it unco- un- uncomfortable to a point how forward everybody was yeah and I'm not torn like like I was hitting on everybody like I didn't like my character I was like everybody's awesome like my favorite character which I'll talk about here in a bit my favorite character was was a guy and I, like he's the guy I took to the end he's the guy I like the most the personality I like the most yeah. I have no problems with with a gay character or anything like that because it's just it is but it's just the forwardness of everybody and maybe I the character I even liked the most maybe I liked him the most because he was more reserved he was the least forward because you already know who I'm talking about we'll yeah. get to him in a second but uh. The character I liked the least, which he's actually not even one of your weapons, he actually turns out to be a relatively like the bad guy for the later parts of the game is uh, Eric. Yeah, he's and gross. I think you're written. I think he's written that you hate Eric immediately. The first time you meet Eric, you hate him, and then he could consecutively gets worse and worse the more you talk to him. He's kind of like the stalker type, and he's kind of the uh, 
one who puts advances for you that you don't want. And I act, I actively said mean things to him the entire game, but he don't care because his personality type, he just kept pushing forward and he would show up in places where people, people didn't want it. Like nobody liked Eric, you know? Oh yeah. No one. This story turns out to be kind of sad in the end a little bit, which we want to spoil too much about that. He don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it redemptive, but he gets, he does some weird, some crazy stuff at the end. But I feel like, I don't if, did you agree that he was probably the, even written that way on purpose, probably the worst character? Oh, yeah. Very. He was 100% awful. Yeah. We don't have time, really, to go into every single But we can person. at least name. Do you, have, do you have the their name and which weapon they are? Well, I don't down? have their name. I just have their weapon. Because most, even the game refers to most of them as their as their no actually they all have their type I'm just going to name I just have the weapon type down because that's in the achievements because I couldn't remember all their names and when I, even on the, the Wikipedia page doesn't have their names it just has really? the weapon they are yeah oh that's crazy okay we go the only one I the only one I really remember is the one you're talking about yeah but I'll go kind of and bounce through them real quick uh, you start with an Estoc Estoc which is a rapier a rapier and then you quickly get a scimitar a dagger, a lightsaber, laser sword, the laser sword, <laughs> laser it. saber is what they call in the game. A laser saber, my mm-hmm. bad. And then you get a glaive, some bladed knuckles, and a scythe. Yeah, the glaive is strange because it's really a, a pole arm. Well, technically, that's what a glaive is. Yeah, it, it is. But people might because like it, sometimes the glaive, glaive is thrown around a lot because like the thing that like blade the vampire hunter that bladed thing he throws people call that a glaive um i think some folks well, maybe it's called a swallow the things that uh it's dual Sur- bladed surge uses in a cross. cross people call some people call that a glaive i don't know it's kind of glaive is a strange term but they call him they call him the glaive in the game i think it's a lot to do with maybe a projectile like spear yeah. i don't know i did like throwing that spear he was it was powerful yeah. And it would did damage forward and returning. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. We can kind of... You said glaive and what else? Uh, I said glaive and then you bladed knuckles, mm-hmm. Wolverine style, and a scythe. Scythe. Uh, so say in my notes, see if you agree, that uh, Isaac, the uh, S-Doc, seemed to be far and above stronger than everybody else. It's yeah. very, very, very strange. So the weapons have... Um, there's an affection level which doesn't affect their strength. The weapon's strength is affected by your character level. Is how you get stronger, stronger. So all of them, all the weapons are of the, of the same. They're all the, technically the same power level based off your character level, but they have different attack and skills based off your affection with them. Which I wish I had <laughs> paid attention to that because I didn't even realize. Because there, there's achievements in the game for getting everyone max level and stuff like mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> But I went through the game, this character level up. All right, as soon as I come back into the dungeon, I'll get this character and this character and that. And I just, but the strategy for the game is literally because I didn't realize it was based on your level. So yeah. it's the best thing to do is to pick one, kind of you know, find one, whichever one, because you get all of them fairly quickly. I think before the end of the first dungeon, you have most of, if not all. Probably you keep meeting them on various floors. Is it all in the first dungeon? I think so. Because Rowan can be. We'll talk. We'll talk about Rowan. Rowan can be. He's he's a bit. Stranger, yeah. And I don't know about the cat either, but Rowan is because Rowan you can kind of you can flat out just miss, yeah. But uh, but some most of the seven, at least five, can be found in the first dungeon mm-hmm. before the first dungeon's over with. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you could be playing it multiple times. Yeah. So pick one and I assume, that, I assume they're locked a certain floor. Like on this floor, you find this weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Story based. And so the rule of thumb, I wish I'd read later. I'll let you guys know now so you don't make the same mistake I did is pick one, max it out first. You know, for anything, you, whatever style you're more comfortable with, or when you're going to go fight the boss, use your, you know, use your weapon. And then once you're done near the end of the game, you can take it through the second dungeon where there's more experience and stuff, mm-hmm. and you kind of plow through it a lot faster than I did. Like my gameplay was only about ten hours, but you mine, could mine was ten hours as well. What we didn't know is like we kind of did the thing where we kind of kept everybody at the same level. Yeah. But what happens is the first person, the first person you max out gives you an item that doubles your affection experience. Is it affection? Effect, affection, uh, intimacy, something like that. Intimacy, and whatever. There's a, there's a love experience. The first person you max out gives you an item that doubles all your experience gains. And we're like, oh, that's at the end of the game when I got that item. Exactly. You know, I was so literally... like, and I think even I read some, like, you know, after the fact, everybody was like, oh, max out one weapon first, and then it, it makes maxing out the other ones much easier. You know, we might have, like, the average gameplay time on... TA for completion for this as I've lost it now. The average playtime they have on TA is six to eight hours. We're ten hours. Yeah. You know, we might have been six to eight if we maxed if we, out one character first and then came back and did the, did the rest of them. But I, I kind of liked the way I played. I don't know, maybe because I, I was kind of I was really I was actually really enjoying it. it yeah, I guess it say what you will. The game the gameplay. Like going around the dungeons and the combat, like every weapon was so different and leveling up, there wasn't a bad ability. They were all fine. It just depends on various things. Like when I wrote my note, I wrote Isaac is the strongest. He's the S stock. I don't know why he was just hitting harder. You know, everybody's the same. I think level. maybe he was more focused. Everyone else seems to be kind of spread. Like he's bit. piercing and straight. Yeah. So then I wrote right beside that. I wrote Rowan seems weak. Like he's the scythe. And he has a weird ability that he has to like stack up these these charges to get more power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I, I hardly ever played with him. We had to level him up probably, but but like, by, by the time I got to him, I had had the weapon and I had all these gifts to give him. So it's literally walk through the dungeon, have a talk scene at one of the meeting places, give him a gift, mm-hmm. and then walk out the dungeon. Like I never did more than one floor oh, okay. with him. So you didn't really get any experience because I, I also got him so late in the game because I was like. I didn't realize I was missing. You realize you're missing the character. Yeah, that's kind of... So he have to, like... <laughs> he lives in a mansion outside of... Well, he or she, I'm not sure. Is he one of the... Is he a non-binary? I can't... I don't remember. Yeah. He and or Glaive are... They or whatever. They, they're... Yeah, they're... Yeah, them and, them and Glaive are non-binary, I guess. Um, you find them... Uh, they're like... If you don't go look, there's a mansion out right outside of town. If you don't go out there, which you didn't know. I walked around one time. I got lucky. Yeah. You didn't walk. I was, I was like, I was talking about Rowan one night, and Blake's like, "Who? Who's Rowan?" I was like, the, "The person up in the mansion." You're like, "What? What mansion? <laughs> what mansion?" So he goes and he got Rowan like way. He was like a ways into the game, so he had to go get him. I was like, I was the, ready to fight the final boss, and that's why I was trying to figure out what is happening. Why do I not have this it, character? Yeah, so you, had, so you had to do that entire that entire storyline. But it went, for, it went very fast because the, the amount of items, gifts that I had left over, I could just give him all of his, give them all yeah. of their favorites, and. Do the I was I, I maxed it very quickly. So you probably didn't get, didn't get the best experience with Rowan, probably because no. you had to like shotgun it. That's why like mine were all spread out. I was doing a certain like like that. I liked it like getting part of somebody's story and then jumping like and like the time away from somebody kind of it felt right to go do somebody else and then come back. You know, mm-hmm. everybody seems to somewhat fall in love with your character, which I kind of find instantly, sort of somewhat instantly. 
Uh, they all have different endings though, which they're not all tied to like loving you forever, which is which is pretty good. Well, because you can go through and like, because you, you, you your choices are no matter what choices are flirty, yeah, in oh. some way, shape, or form. But by the end, one of your final things are like, do you want to keep hanging out and dating? And you're like, no. <laughs> you can just shut them down, and they go, oh, well, you're in my heart forever. I'm like, bye. <laughs> we can still be friends, but I don't want to date you. So, but like, yeah. It was one character uh, I think we both agree was completely unnecessary. The cat. Oh God, yeah. The 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 platonic relationship with that cat was just, just pointless. I think it was a late game ad, and I know a hundred percent that Rowan was a late game ad, hmm. because um, this game was kickstarted. Mm-hmm. Now, bear with me. This game was kickstarted and had almost seven thousand backers. Nice. And its original goal was, I think, it was like $70,000. And uh, their final end product was $272,000. Or, yeah. And so they kept having adding goals. And some of the later goals, like the last goal they added was at 200000 So they hit the final goal and they're like, we're not adding any more, any more goals. Mm-hmm. But some of those goals were, in fact, were to do voice acting were to include a soundtrack, were, yeah. were to include uh, animation intros for each character. Because those weren't okay. original there. Those were added after. So you, you think they would have pushed them a little harder? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. One, of the, one of the things they did, though, which I, I think you'll find this cool because we've heard this, about this game from another podcast. But Rowan himself was a, of a late game ad when he was one of the, he was one of the last things added but he was actually entirely designed by the developer for Hatful Boyfriend. Oh, really? Which is why he had the the bird. That's as funny. an homage to themselves. That's really cool. Like, so he they he designed that character for them. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. That's a really cool nod. Yeah. We we haven't played Hatful Boyfriend, but we've heard about Hatful Boyfriend on uh on uh was on on how did this get played or it's called Get Played Now. We we mentioned him in podcast before. It's one of our probably my. Well, my, my favorite other gaming podcast. And I think even, uh, I haven't listened to the episode yet, but I think the other podcast of uh, the Kane and Rance did Had a Full Boyfriend as well. So I feel like, it's like, do we need to like, do we need to play this game? <laughs> a bird dating sim. Yeah. Very strange. But uh, that's cool. That's really cool though. I thought that was pretty, and pretty cool and worth mentioning. And- um, you thought about the adding voice acting, it's kind of that weird where like they'll say a sentence and then they then the next sentence isn't voiced. We call what that? how they choose chose which which lines to. It's like bit voice, chip voice, or something. I, forget. I, I, I don't know the term for it, but like you like, they'll start a conversation and they'll say like a line or two, and then like they'll, then they won't say two lines, and then they'll come back and say another line, and they won't say the next line. It's very kind of, it's kind of jarring in a way. I kind of wish they would have went all all or nothing almost to a certain point. Yeah, you know they all got pretty good distinct voices and their kind of, their voices all fit their characters oh yeah really well i think they did a good job on the casting for these characters i wish they would have wish they had the money and the time to fully voice the whole cast like this because a, a game like this with a dating scene with, with just as much talking as there is to have a fully voiced just makes sense yeah you know one kind of cool thing too is we didn't get to play this but uh, basically on the anniversary of the game, like I said, it came out in August 11th, 2021. Then August 17th, 2022, 
I didn't see it was released on console yet, but I think they're slowly rolling it out. But it is available on Steam and in the Epic Store. There is a free DLC patch hmm. that includes a whole extra dungeon, which has its own extra little monster shop inside, mm-hmm. as well as three other love interests. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, one of them you actually got to meet in the main game, mm-hmm. and the other two were 100% new. Yeah. The one guy you meet kind of offhandedly, I yeah. guess, in the, in the main game. You never see him again. Well, because it says here, too, that they had to cut some content in order to make the, let the game come out on its due date. And they oh. pushed its due date back almost a whole... Uh, it was supposed to come out in September uh, 2020, so they pumped it back to uh, 11 months. Hmm. And it says for the uh, developer's mental health. Hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, speech track. We're a small company, exactly. And then, well, you got to think the small. We, we, it's it's a story everybody's like Small people giving a whole bunch of money, and the stress piles on. We got to deliver with all this money, you know. So they cut some of that content to. They pushed it back eleven months. Cut the content, and then a year after that, they released all the cut content as a free DLC plus new things. Very cool. So I think that's there's pretty cool that they're they they're delivering. And I I was like, kind of like I want to play the DLC. <laughs> yeah, if it comes out, if we give it patched in with new achievements, we might we might give it a try if we can. Now the only thing that kind of sucks for me is I was unable to get the one K due to a stupid in game. I couldn't beat that stupid flutter bug. Oh, that's right. You didn't do that. I could not do that to save my. It's dumb. It's a bad thing to put to a game. So at one point you're you find you find you're given or something like, like re- that. You find like a retro console, a retro console gaming thing. It sits in your bedroom. You can click on it and play this really dumb racing game. Where you're, you're, you're a little bug and you have to like drive around this track. There's three races. You have to win all three. It's a nightmare. It sucks. I did it. My game. I, I told Blake when I did it. I was like, I can't. I'm not. I can't help you. I can't do that again. I couldn't get above third place on easy, and I couldn't even place uh, higher than last two on medium and hard. Yeah, it's it's such a weird and dumb thing to put into the. And I'd hate if it was like a, if it was like a, a stupid Kickstarter goal or some nonsense. I don't know why it's in there. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah, it's and it's, it kept me from getting the one k. Yeah, that sucks real bad. It's, it's awful. I even told like we went online and like on true achievements, and people had some. Some hints and some helpful things. There's no way to cheat it really at all, but there's like little little hints I told Blake that I used to kind of beat it, but I didn't want to ever try to do it do it again. I suck. I forgot that. I forgot that did cost you the one k for a game you were otherwise enjoying quite a bit, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, now I do want to preface this because we, we t- me and Drew just talked about this too that we're we're open and we're understanding and we're on people's sides of you know same whatever. sex or whatever. We're we're, we're an ally. But in order to make the game more inclusive, they do let you pick your gender at the beginning. You're not just a dude. You can be a boy or girl. And then you can choose to date everyone. Because there are gay, there are uh, transgender, non-binary. And for those people out there who's like, oh, uh, there are... Well, there's one girl in the DLC. There's a second girl. You can date. There's one girl in the main game. Yeah. There's only so, one girl in the main game. I mean, and she's kind of butch. A little bit. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word to say, but she's kind of for a girl. She's kind of she's kind of manly. She's uh, not a not manly. Agree. She is. Uh, I don't know a better word to say it. She is assertive. Uh, yeah, that's the proper way I would say. She is assertive. She knows what she wants and she gets it. 
She's also like a street tag artist yeah. <laughs> on the run. Um, I want to get back to the, uh, I say it's the worst, like the worst, like the cat for a minute. The That's one so thing, pointless. the cat is, uh, it's weird. Cause like the cat, you don't talk to the cat, the cat, the cat, you communicate through its owner and they tell you their name, either the cat's name is pocket or the owner's name is pocket. So the cat's the, name is pocket. The cat's name is pocket. So you put pocket in your phone and you're talking to their owner and the owner's like, I guess pockets run, running out today. And you're like, okay, I'll go find them. I see. I, I just, I hated. it. I didn't really care but, like, the, the only thing I liked about Pocket, did you, did you notice that when you're when you're doing anything with Pocket? Uh, your feet steps? Well, well, that's cute too, I guess. When you're playing, when you're using the weapon in the dungeon, your, 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 your footsteps are little paw prints. But on the outside of the dungeon, the whole soundtrack swaps and it's the songs, but with uh, with cats, it's all it's it's all cats. It's like the, the soundtrack is playing through cat meowing and different cat mews and stuff. Oh, like really? That. I wouldn't be paying attention to that. No. Yeah, I wonder if I can find that. I'll try to play it here if I can find it. But like the soundtrack swaps. I, I either it's brand new songs or it's the soundtrack just transfer over with mews and cat meows and just silliness with with I'm, cats the whole time you're messing up. That's I, the best part of because I didn't like the weapon. Yeah. I didn't like any of the interactions with Pocket. Pocket's a strange, like just fighting another cat and other stuff's going on with Pocket. But like yeah. my favorite, my favorite part was the soundtrack swapping to weird cat stuff with him. Speaking of soundtrack, uh, the only like the music was okay. It was you know it, it was just there. It was kind of standard music. But your second dungeon is in a club and it plays a song that's mildly catchy. Mm-hmm. A little like. Uh, Walking through the dark, no, the dance club. I, was, I remember, yeah. like, I was like, I don't remember the words now, but when I was playing it, I was kind of like, bobbing your, I was, bobbing your I head was, while you're running <laughs> through the dungeon. Yeah, to the little, the little club songs. It was pretty cool. Now, we, we haven't talked about the dungeons a whole, whole lot. But we we need to get in. I mean, so we can't cover all the characters because there's too many of them. We could, we do, we do got to talk about the dungeons and why they're there and what they represent. Because you have. I don't know what the third dungeon is because I haven't played the DLC, but the two dungeons you have available in the game are at a mall and at a club. Those have no relevance to what they are, though. For weirdly enough, I don't think they do that. Ish, they kind of embody some because how and this is just a known thing in the world that when you go to a dunge, which is what the cool kids call dungeons. Dungeons that, with a J. That rubbed me the wrong way. The, the entire, dunge. The like, entire oh game. I can't wait to go dunge. I'm like, I can't wait to not talk to you ever again. <laughs> yeah, leave me but alone. Er, but everybody said it, though. So it was like the catchy lingo kids were saying. Uh, the mall, because how they explain it is the monsters that you fight are different for everybody. But they're manifestation of your own fears and insecurities. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the stuff that you fight in there are... It's like what a record player, a cell phone. I didn't. I wasn't always able. I didn't. I can recognize some of it. Some of it. Also, kind of to a certain point, I didn't care. Yeah, I was running through the dungeons to get the experience and do the talk scenes within the dungeon. I didn't really care. I mean, granted, it's another layer of the game. Maybe I should have cared more. I didn't care what I was fighting. Well, some of them are pretty blatant. Like the cell phones were had um like vampire teeth because your cell phone sucks the life out of you it's it, it takes your life instead of going experiencing life and then there was like one of them was uh i could 100 percent get but it was was in the club one and it was uh eyeballs lips and hands and you're afraid like, i can see like at a club people's eyes are on me i'm insecure i don't like crowds or hey, hands being man. groped or touched and lips like i don't want someone's like 
kissing me or touching me and it, they were all kind of like yeah it's all some in, of them were a little more there. some of them were a little more blatant yeah, i don't think they just randomly created random no. monsters i think they probably put some thought into it i just didn't I was doing so much kill. I mean, I just we run through just mashing on attack buttons, killing everything. Sometimes metaphors are lost on me, especially when I don't understand the metaphor. But you know, that's all there is to it. I mean, I was like, "What record player? Afraid of old music? I don't get it." Yeah, I didn't get that one either. But, but I do think it's. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I thought it was I fun did too. Like, I, th- I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. The only thing I wish is that people were a little less forward. Like, let, if I want a relationship, let me build one. Don't uh, don't force it on me. That's all. Yeah, they're all kind of, all, all of them are all kind of forceful. But at the same time, maybe this can open up your your eyes to other points of view. As a male, this doesn't happen to me all the time, but imagine just being a woman jogging and having 15 dudes hit on you ask for your number. This could be someone's everyday life. Yeah. You know, it kind of opens up your mind to, like, you know, think about some things. More on the dungeons, I guess. Um, you're kind of just going from floor to floor, killing stuff. You get money, uh, do different, like, uh, challenge rooms, which is just you fight multiple enemies. <clears throat> There's sto- a hidden store you can activate to buy more stuff. Two hidden stores, different one in each one. dungeon. Um, there's bosses, and then there's these, uh, are they called hangouts? Hangout, yeah, meeting areas. You walk up to like a, like an ice cream stand or a statue or a fountain, there's an ice rink, and you click on those with different uh, different characters. They all have different different interactions, which is kind of cool. They usually have a, 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 a question or some sort of choice you have to make. If you make the right choice, you get a boost. And you can usually, <clears throat> at the end, sorry. At the end of that interaction, you can sometimes give them a, a gift, a gift to yeah. bolster it. Yeah, you want to always be watching, because it's uh, as simple as it seems. You kind of always want to be watching uh, where they where their stats are because they get they get a, a affection boost at the end of a floor or two. So you like if you like say you're like thirty or forty points away from their level, you don't want to um, give them a gift right now. It's a waste of a gift. Yeah. So you want to wait until the end of the floor. Now I say that. But if you have that item, that item, is it the same item? The one that lets you... Whetstone. The whetstone. The one that lets you... Um, whetstone. The one that lets you have twice as much experience doesn't doesn't also let you build up beyond the level up. Mm-hmm. So if you have that, it might not matter. It lets it roll For over. us, it was a kind of a, a hard cutoff. So like in between floors, you would you would get the bonus and it would say max. So the, at the, between floors, you just swap swap to a weapon that doesn't have max. And then go to the next floor. So you're kind of juggling that kind of that kind of stuff throughout. So I thought that was kind of, I thought that was a better way to play than with the wets the wet stuff yeah. kind of just building beyond their normal levels of experience. Because the game, oh, okay, I totally totally forgot about this till just now. But um, kind of a couple of things. The dungeon oh, we said earlier it is a roguelike, so you are meant to die. So whenever you die, it kind of helps move the game forward, and you level up your characters. You don't have to die. You don't maybe. have to die, but you dying is okay. Now, if you beat a floor, you can uh, certain floors. I think let you take an elevator to ride out. So that are also give you, but you get more experience if you if you take the elevator as opposed to dying. And the other thing is, there's an accessibility feature called the God Shield that makes you take half damage. Is it is it half or less? I don't remember. I think it was it's half. I activated it from the beginning. You from take the, from the half damage. I activated it immediately. Because me and Blake are big babies. We saw accessibility. 
I activated it immediately. Well, because what ha- the, one of the things that I did in the game is you take half damage with that god shield from half damage. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of... Because you get outfits and stuff and uh, from, gifts from people or you can buy them in shops and or completing certain side quests, you get little knick-knack costumes and headdresses. Yeah, some, some are just cosmetic. Some have little, little things. And one of the ones I wore almost the entire game was a, a crown... And it says you deal double damage, but you take double damage. So with the God Shield on, I was taking base damage, but dealing double damage. So I rent the whole game like that. Something like that. Maybe, maybe that maybe that math is accurate. Sh- yeah, because it, it. But uh, I didn't bother doing doing that. Uh, I did the. I just wore the same whatever thing that gave me more drinks. Drinks are how you. Heal, how you your heal, co- your co- your boba teas or bubble yeah. teas. It, it lets you choose what you're drinking. It, it has no impact on the game, but it lets you choose which drink yeah. your item is. You can drink. It was silly. And you have the uh, drinks, of course, to heal. And then you have these magazines. Is it magazines? They were cards or magazines. They? They're, ma- they're magazines, weren't they? Magazines are like these special attacks. There's like eight of them. They all have different things or different... like For each... Oh yeah, because it lets you summon the bugs, do the, yeah, the cast fireball, and yeah, throw like a fireball. Do, 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 it had various effects. Some were better than others. Turns the turn, summoning the turret was pretty good. Like eight or eight or something of those. So those are kind of cool. You got to collect those throughout the game too. That's another thing to add to the combat. So you had that. And you had your weapons, and you had the healing. And you had and your weapons. All as if you said earlier, as you level them up through affection, they have different. Each level has a new new skill, and some of them had. Separate, like you had a choice between two. Every even, no. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think every even level then, had like, a... uh, like you choose one skill or the other, but it was kind of strange because uh, there's like this one thing, like this this uh, this gym on the outside. I thought there'd be more to it on the on the world map. You go to this gym, and all the gym is for is changing which skill you selected back yeah, and forth. It's a little. Silly. I was like, I was like, you think you think that'd just be on your phone or something like that? But you had to like go to the gym and just. Well, you go to the gym and you worked out with that weapon, quote unquote. You with that. Yeah, and, and it's person. really just there to change which skill because you, so you can so you can really swap the skills willy really, really, nilly back and forth if you want to, depending on because some kind of pair together and kind of like much and they, they they stack and do cool things. Uh, do you have more to say about the uh, the, uh, about the dungeons? I'm trying to think. Not not really. I mean, we yeah. I think we did a pretty decent job covering it. So I you don't like. you don't level you don't get your experience experience for your main for your main character. He only gets experience he or she whatever gets experience from fighting monsters and other various uh, finding treasures. Oh, the set opening safes have Yo. cool items in them and blueprints and stuff. All this experience just piles up until you die or leave the dungeon. So pretty much what we what you end up doing in the beginning of the game is you just start playing, and then you get you get to a floor where everything's just too strong. You, you end up just getting slaughtered. You walk, you walk to an enemy and it just kills you in one hit. You're like, well, this this game sucks. This is too hard. But then you when you when you go to the menu, the post dungeon menu, you level up like five or six times. Oh yeah. It, it goes boom, 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 and you start leveling up really fast. And then you run back through the dungeon and you like you fly past that part because you just you just ran into a wall of strength. You just had needed to level up. So it's, it's I kind of wish you leveled up after every floor. But then again, I like the big the, the big chunk. I, I, at I the like end. I like the big the, the big, big, uh, big experience dump. It's when you leave yeah. or die. Yeah, it just makes it more rewarding for finishing the level or like like oh man, it, it, it takes away the sadness. Like I died. Oh wow, look how you know it kind of takes away the sadness. It, it's a good buffer. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Um. Yeah, I mean, is there anything? I mean, uh, I said I said my favorite character was Isaac. He's who I he's he's who I took through the ending. 
Uh, is there a particular? Do you have a favorite character as well, or is that the same person you took through the ending? I took Dagger because um, I like girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's really it. I took Dagger. She was well. She was fast. She dealt damage. Yeah. But I think my um, probably one of my favorite weapons, honestly, to use were two of them, were either the scimitar or the laser saber. Mm-hmm. Because the laser saber, the more you level up, had a chain lightning thing. That was very cool. I it like was chain lightning. Dope. Yeah. It and cool the scimitar too. had a cool thing that was like, because he dealt, uh, he had like these little spikes, and he dealt bleed damage. One of the things was when you finished a combo, it did like a little, like shock wave of bleed damage, and it yeah. would, would. The cool thing about that is, because um, it was an, it was a, it was a full three hundred sixty degree shock wave out, and it would uh, hit uh, projectiles that were coming at your back and stuff as like a shield. Right, as long cool. as you activated yeah. it. So it was kind of cool. I like that. And the the bleed hurt everything. The the televisions, the record players, the cell phones. They all bleed out. They all bleed out. Yeah, they all bleed out. It's just RPG stuff. And, but the probably the glaive was probably one of the more f- fun. Yeah, th- like throwing it. So like throwing, throwing it and having, having it come, come back, back is pretty, is pretty cool. cool. And the, the, it's kind of the first. It has a pretty good sweep to it. Because mm-hmm. you are like... You are fighting large numbers of things like gang up on you. So the stock maybe wasn't great for that but it's kind of more fine point but you, as you kind of run around enemies you can really pinpoint yeah. those strikes i just kind of like I think maybe why it was so powerful because it didn't sweep it was uh straight piercing ahead. kind of piercing thrusting damage so, yeah. or you want to so, call it so you picked so you picked her just because she was the only girl yeah because <laughs> i'm i'm horrible uh, but well, is, is she but did you generally like her the most well, or? She, well she was fun I, I didn't mind her she was a yeah. good character in general yeah i think that's why i ended up liking uh isaac as i mentioned earlier isaac is the like Maybe the one who's the least. He's more reserved. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. He's more really kind of a. Kind of, he's not uptight, but he's more like he's business and he's kind of like he's not pushing on you. And he's just kind of. I just liked his personality because the, like the scimitar that was way too forward and aggressive. Yeah. The glaive was more of um, like a, little brother situation going on. Kinda, it was uncomfortable. He, he, it was like Onichan. It was. He was kind of, it wasn't like bad. It, it could have been. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> Japanese, but uh. Was there, S- S- Sawyer. Sawyer was his Sawyer's name. Sawyer's the glaive. It's name. Her, yeah, his, her, their name. Their name. He's not. Sorry. He, they are non-binary. It's, sorry, it's hard to say. <laughs> trying to be. Yeah, they are non-binary. <laughs> I didn't like that one because of their age more than anything. Well, they said they were in college, but yeah, I'm but like, they, they just seemed too young. I, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't push that relationship too hard because you just. They just seemed. They were definitely the youngest person. Yeah. By a good margin, it felt like. And like, and some of them maybe seemed like. I say that the scimitar. What was his name? Uh, uh, we should roll these down. But he seemed, he seemed older than everybody. But there's a. I don't want to spoil. There's a story reason why he seems older than everybody. There's him, and then, but I just I don't know. I think Sawyer was just. I, I was just put off by the by the age thing. I just thought he was just too young to be piling around and that really they don't push that relationship too hard honestly in the game like Sawyer's just like thinks it's fun to hang around you and stuff like that and then go and cool and do fun things together so that's not so bad yeah hold on I'm, I'm trying to just not be stupid and pull up a list of all the characters okay so just so we can click we've, we've said some so names we can clarify now yeah we have Isaac who is the the rapier? Sunder, who is the scimitar? Sunder. Valeria, who is the dagger? Sawyer is the glaive. Seven is the laser saber. Rowan is the scythe. 
uh, pocket is the knuckles. Okay. And then for the DLC, if anyone cares, Jonah is an axe. Jonah's who you meet in the main game. Leah is a hammer. And Holmes is a whip. I can see why there's a lot of focus on blades. and A lot of people talk about blades in the main in the main game. I can see why this hammer and whip would have been like maybe cut and added later. Because there's a lot of focus on everything being bladed. bladed which is strange. Like honing yeah. my blade. And there's a lot of talk of blades in the in the main game. But whoo. Just so we're aware. Should have found that. Should have found that before we did all the talking. Um, we've kind of glanced. I'm on everybody just about except for seven, I guess. The laser saber. He's a famous like pop musician. He's, he's a, a K-pop musician. Yeah, kind of a K-pop musician with his uh, his partner. This whole story is about he's he's kind of funny. He kind of he kind of he's kind of annoying at first, but he kind of lessens the more you yeah. talk to him. He's very very kind of is he full of himself or he's just. He's been famous for too long. He's been famous for too long. Yeah. Because what happened, one one thing about his storyline, which is kind of what kind of endeared him to me a little bit, was he's trying to go solo. He thinks it's time. They've been in the band for too long. But he says, because uh, you, you go out to, to, to lunch on one of your lunch dates, and he's like, no, nah, I can't eat. All I can have is water. And you're like, well, why? Are you doing a cleanse or something? He's like, He's like, well, my producer, I have a contract. If I gain two pounds, they can fire me. That's crazy. That's real life, though. And you're on my, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, my contract says that I can lose up to four, but I can't gain any I can't gain any more than two pounds or they can fire me legally. So, yeah, the label can drop you or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, holy crap, that sucks. And I was like, that sucks to be, you know. He just does seem, like, exhausted. Yeah, Most he, of the time. He's just dead inside because <laughs> yeah. they, they, it's killing him. People come up to you and you're like, oh my God, are you seven from Blade? The group's called Blade Generation. Are you seven? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yes, that's me. Let me, I'll sign this. And you, you, you can try and be like, no, he's not. He just, he's, you he, can he, step in sometimes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I have a whole lot more to talk about with him though because yeah. I, I, I enjoy most of them. Yeah. And his laser saber, the chain lightning was cool. Yeah. Do you have? I don't know. I'm trying to. I think we've 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 dabbled a little bit. With everybody at this point. I mean, I, spoilers are like. I think Sunder has an interesting little, um, yeah, little twist and turn with what's going on with him. I did not see that coming at all. That was out. And of, there's a good little. Uh, his reveal has a, some other jokes attached to like what it means in that in the, in the universe of this game. Kind yeah, of leads to other jokes and other. Like I don't know, there could be another game in this series. I would definitely play another game, another if they're like Boyfriend Dungeon too. I would definitely play it. Yeah, I would. Do, I would too for sure. I mean, maybe is that, is that enough? Is that enough? I mean, I, I, that's I enough, really because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid as as much story that there is or isn't. Yeah, we didn't we didn't go into like the wait what's happening like when you find all the weapons that are chipped and they've kind of lost a bit of their memories. Mm-hmm. You kind of help them recover. You kind of eventually you find out why they were chipped and what's happening. That's a really cool like what this other character what the bad guy for this game was doing is super messed up. Oh God, yes. Like it's crazy messed up and super dark. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I don't want to spoil that for anybody. Yeah. Like the end game of this is just like. This is this is wild. Like what he, what he was doing, it's it's unprecedented in the world of what's happening. Like he's the first guy to do what he's doing, and it's like way wrong. It's incredibly wrong in yeah. all aspects. So that's pretty cool. I don't want to spoil that. And then you kind of, and then the you know that's really the main thing because there is like a overall well sort of the the bad the, he's the bad guy, but he's not related to the other dungeons. It is kind of like 
you kind of are handed to him throughout and then like par- partly some of the stories in the second dungeon, but he's not related to the dungeon. He's his own it's story that's happening yeah. in between. And then like after the second dungeon, we thought there'd be a third dungeon. There's not, it's all kind of, it all kind of focuses on him and what he's doing. And then you just fight the last boss. There probably is, it, well, technically there was a third dungeon, but they had to cut content to focus on that story. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the other DLC like falls into the main game or if it counts. I don't know how, how they would have added it. In. We'll figure it out at some point. So yeah, we want to spoil, spoil down to that because it's pretty cool. You ready to move on to the, our end? Yeah. I mean, we could wrap it up here. Uh, this was, I, you know, we're trying to say we're not the Game Pass podcast. We did our best to put a different game on here, but uh, Boyfriend Dungeon was on Game Pass. It's now off Game Pass. As of the recording of this podcast, it's on sale for fourteen ninety nine, normally $20. Um, I see both are a fair price. Both are probably good. I think we get, we get like, uh, what's it called? Uh, biased opinions. Sometimes if a game we don't like ain't worth as much money, but a game we did like, Boyfriend Dungeon's I mean, worth fifteen to twenty fifteen to twenty dollars. Twenty bucks seems a little much because, like I said, I was able. Forty ninety nine is probably perfect. Yeah, fourteen ninety nine would be perfect because we was able to get the one K immediately. We had a guide and all this other stuff, so we knew exactly what gifts to give there people. Was, there wasn't a we had to find it. There wasn't there wasn't a TA guide at the time. There, I don't think there is now yet either. More than anything, we found the gift giving guide, and that was that. It seemed the gift to be giving guide is important to give people the right gifts. You got to give them the gifts they like. Even that, even a lot of those guides. I went to two different guides, and a lot of those were wrong. Sometimes they were just flat out wrong. Yeah, which is I know people people just trying to do their, doing their best to gather data, but uh, you do want to give people the gifts they like. You also want to is it this game? You want to give somebody a gift they turn down? Yeah, so the one gift that's that's awful. Yeah, they turn it down gives you achievement, but uh. I did get all the achievements. I did do all that all that fun stuff. But yeah, fourteen ninety nine as a, as of the recording of this podcast, you're hearing the pot. You'll be hearing the podcast a week after it comes out. But it's a five dollar difference. But I think f- whatever for it, I think fourteen ninety nine is the perfect price, mm-hmm. especially if they have that free DLC coming out. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's yeah, you're perfect. You're talking to ten. I add another four or five hours, maybe a whole yeah. extra dungeon, three extra love interest. I mean, you're, you're talking now. You're now you're getting up to a 10 to 15 hour experience uh now you're getting a 10 to 15 hour experience that's genu- genuinely pretty good entertaining and mo- mostly well written and entertaining and, and the cast of characters is it's just and I'm sure, i mean if the rest of the game i'm sure those three characters will have their own voice actor will have their own yeah. well uh, jonah had a scene. jonah had an opening scene he did well of course you like you meet him one time and never see him again maybe i wonder if they maybe should have cut that out if they're going to add him in later um, yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's they... weird to talk to him one time and have him have a voice, and he may also talk about being an axe, and then you never see him again. We, they even they, 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 there's a throwaway line where he's like, "Oh, he went to go to a surfing tournament." Okay, is there, okay. Yeah, like, I think they added that in there to be like, "Oh, well, let's just cut this, you know, I don't know and save it for later." Okay. But, but anyway, we both thoroughly, really enjoyed it way more than we anticipated. Oh, honestly, yeah. yeah. Very much. Uh, so. But that's it. That's Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, you know, let us know if you played it. We'd like to hear about your. Uh, favorite least favorite characters or any any of your favorite lines or anything anything about the game that you liked liked like we did mm-hmm. and now the last thing we got of course is Blake's gonna really quickly try to sell you on a movie this is where he tries to sell you on a movie without spoiling the movie which is very different from our uh, his other podcast action the movie podcast where him and Steve just uh, talk about a movie in its entirety hoping you've already watched that movie so this is a little different if you're familiar with the podcast, you know you know what this is. So let's listen, Blake here, try to sell you on this movie before we wrap things up. All right, the movie that I'm going to be trying to sell you on 
came out in 2013 and is called Jugface. It is a horror movie that is written and directed by Chad Crawford Kinkle. Now, he himself is, um, he's new uh, to the movie making game. Uh, there's only three, he's only written and directed three things thus far. He has a short called Organ Grinder, which is about a woman that lures people back to her hotel with her friend and they kill people and harvest their organs. Okay, we've we've seen his other two movies. Where can we see this? This sounds awesome. It's a short. I don't know. Oh, man. I wonder, if it's, all, I wonder if it's on one of his, because he's put out some Blu-rays and stuff. I wonder if it's on one of his Blu-rays. It seems like it would be pretty, pretty fun that to That sounds awesome. Yeah. And then we, we have Jugface, but then his most recent one is called Dementor. Yeah. Dementor. And that came out 2019. As well as writing and directing all these, he was actually the camera operator for Dementor as well. Yeah. Uh, do you want to mention, do we want to mention we have a little... Not, I'll say insider stuff. Our 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 friend Jeff Wedding, who we've had on the podcast, is a writer director as well. has has worked with Chad. Uh, Jeff did a, was was DP director of photography on Dementor, mm-hmm. and they and Jeff just Jeff and his wife just went with Chad, and they just filmed another movie up in Alaska. Up, up in Alaska, which we have a couple of details for. We don't want to spoil too much about that, but we're very excited to see. I think it's called the. Tunnel? I'm not sure if it has a name or anything. Question yet, but, mark. But Jeff told us a little bit about what they were what they were doing up there and kind of the gist of what that movie's going to be. So Jeff is continuing to work with Chad on a, on another movie, which we're excited to uh, to see to see at some point because we we've actually enjoyed spoiler we enjoyed both those movies we've seen so far. But we're going to keep this focused on Jugface. But uh, but anyway, it's it's this is a guy to watch out for, and he's you know kind of connected in our little uh circle of people that we know. All right. So, uh, besides that, he he wrote and directed and was uh, he. I'm going to talk about uh, really just three characters. There's a couple of characters and they're all good acting, but I'm going to focus on just three of the characters, which are two main and one kind of half main. Uh, the two mains the uh, character is named Ada, played by Lauren Ashley Carter, and now she's from quite a few things actually. Uh, she's from a, tw- I think it was 2013, called The Woman. Uh, she was also in a movie, uh, Premium Rush, with uh, Joe jo Gordon-Lovett. She was in there. And that, 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 that bicycle movie? Yeah. Uh, she's also... Watch that? Yeah. Is this, is this the main girl from Jugface? Yeah. She was in... That... Huh. Okay. Of course, I haven't seen Premium Rush in, in a, a decade. Movie. Yeah. So, But she's in Premium Rush... Uh, the Woman, another uh, twenty, I think it's twenty nineteen uh, horror movie called Arctic, but spelt weird, A R T I K, and then another kind of predominantly uh, independent horror movie called Darlin. I think it's a more of a suspense thriller, and then somewhere in twenty nineteen, actually no, I think Darlin and Arctic were both twenty nineteen, so she's still pretty active in acting, and well, of course she's made her rounds on the SVUs and all that stuff, so she's <laughs> they all do. Uh, now the other character is Dewey. Dewey, uh, she's played by Sean Bridgers. Now his main, main, big, big thing is he plays Johnny Burns in Deadwood, and then the entire run of the TV show and reprises the role in the Deadwood movie that came out a couple, like a year or so ago. He's also kind of cool. Is they they both were in The Woman together. 
He was also in uh, The Magnificent Seven, as well as a show called uh, Rectified, where he played like two or three seasons as a recurring character. And uh, he was kind of... He was a pretty good grab, like especially with the Deadwood background. He was re- he was honestly probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Dwight. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, when we finish with that, but Dwight was probably our favorite our favorite character in this movie. Yeah. Now the the Paul also called the the leader. He's the boss of the this group out in the woods. Is played by Larry Fessenden. Now Larry Fessenden has been in a uh, a lot of things. Hold on. Pause on Larry Fessenden because I just remembered another thing that Dwight uh, Sean Bridgers did that I wanted to bring up to you specifically was uh, there is a TV show called Get Shorty based off the movie slash book that Get Shorty is based off of. Yeah. And it has three seasons. And he's in it? Yeah. Is that like not, is it Get Smart and Get Shorty? Aren't those all based off an older like 19, like 60s thing or something yeah, like that? Yeah, this book. So they're all so even that original movies are based off this even older book, and then these remakes we saw with like The Rock and whoever well, else. Be smart these. or whatever. Be smart. And be it's cool. It's kind of like. It's, am, am, I, am I mixing them up? Is Get Shorty something else? No, get, get Shorty and be cool. Be cool. Be smart. Be cool. Okay, it's, it's just all be great. cool. Okay, Get Shorty, which is based <laughs> off the book, and Get Shorty and be cool was a sequel that has that used characters from that, but has no basis. Okay, okay, gotcha. But this Get Shorty, three seasons, 27 episodes, is not canceled, but is on hiatus. It hasn't actually been officially canceled by any means, but no one's come back. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was super strange. Yeah. And I was sorry about that. Now, back to Larry Fessenden, who plays Paul slash leader. Now, Larry Fessenden is a pretty cool dude. He's kind of big in the in horror genre. He's written and directed a couple, a couple of things out there, as well as starred in... You're Next, Stray Bullet, Valley of Violence, and uh, he's ABC's A Death under his belt, uh, N is for Nexus, and ABC's A Death too. Now, he uh, has some significance to this podcast as well for being the writer of Until Dawn and the writer of Man of Medan. Oh, really? He wrote both of those. I don't know if we were talking about Until Dawn on here, but we, we might have talked about Until Dawn in passing while we talked about Man of Medan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wrote both of those, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it sucks because I know you and Jessica liked Until Dawn. I, I, I thought Until Dawn was terrible. I, mean, I have Medan. my gripes with Until Dawn, but it's yeah. it, I mean, as a movie, it's not awful. Yeah, I've seen might have been way a better, worse. Might have been a better movie than it was a video game. Maybe it's cool. Yeah. Anyway, really cool though. Now. I kind of told you about the people in the movie and you kind of, you know, so you know what you're kind of getting into. You you got good actors in a independent film that's done by a good writer and good director. Now we've, it's funny cause the, it is filmed on location in Nashville, mm-hmm. quote unquote, in like the outskirts of Nashville. Tennessee it, specifically? It, or well, Nashville? the Wikipedia says Nashville, but the movie okay. said Tennessee. Okay. So I'm not entirely sure. Maybe they use like, both because I mean, we the got whole, some the whole movies majority of the movies in the woods so like it's yeah we got some hillbilly things even in nashville and not too far from nashville the big city quote unquote anyway real quickly plot synapsis is the main character ada discovers that she is pregnant very quickly by uh 
we'll just say she discovers she's pregnant. No, I'll, I'll leave that for you to have fun with that. And how this thing works is it's a small, I don't know, maybe eight family cult. I don't know, out in the woods. And there is a pit, just a pit, you know, just a big old sunken hole in the ground. And now Dewey has been selected, I guess, by an in, this entity that resides in the pit. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, we'll send him a vision. And then he will sculpt a, a pot out of, you know, ceramic. Out a of jug, clay, you should yeah. probably say. Yeah, a jug. A jug face, if you will. And whosoever face it is, uh, the entity is asking to be sacrificed to it in order to for these people to maintain perfect health. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird. Well, but they say that as long as they maintain the sacrifices, the the pit they always say the pit provides. The pit provides. If you ever if you ever sick or unwell or anything bad's happening, people will go like literally down into the pit and they are cured. Of whatever, of whatever ailment they have, so it's like these aren't crazy folks worshiping nothing. Like there is an there is an entity within the pit. Yeah. So you said <laughs> cult. I mean, they, they are they a cult? They they're worshiping and but well something yeah. legitimate, like it's real. But they're going out of their way to keep people stupid. Like they're making sure because at one point they have to go to town to sell moonshine. That's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. But he makes sure that his. I think his daughter goes with him and he makes sure that she's dumb. Like she's not allowed to look at the TV or not allowed to interact with other people. Like it's a Maybe. cult because they're brainwashing. Kind of, kind of but it's a cult that is right, sort of, because they have a creature that is an entity rather that is providing for them. <clears throat> so it's half wrong, half right. It, you know, it's a cult regardless. It is a cult, <laughs> though they have more backing than some cults that I've been in. Anyway, so. Um, with that going, with that being said, the, the, it, as it goes on, Dwy gets vision, makes, makes a, a new jug face and Ada discovers that it's her face. Yeah. Poor Dwy, like he has a vision. The visions seem like they're pretty draining. He comes back from a vision. He ends up drinking after the vision to like, I guess, deal with the impact of the vision. Cause he, they like, when he has the vision, he molds the whole jug face and does all the work within the spell, within the vision. He comes out and I think drained and just like jacked up and he drinks himself into a, and passes back out. And then she goes to the thing while he's passed out. Does she goes inside the oven thing and sees it to get the jug and finds out it's her face. Now, I don't know how you tell it's her face. Well, I mean, it, you do. It's got her eyes. It's got her hair and everything. Like it's, it's actually not an awful representation. Like that's kind of why. Yeah. What if they had somebody on 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 they staff? Did. Okay. Uh, I was going to bring that up. A uh, potter and sculptor, Jason Malik, M A U M A H L K E, designed and created all the jug faces. Well, that's cool. And some of the because there's a couple of them because you see some of the other ones that kind of look. Looked pretty pretty good. I just and I can't we, remember. Do we see hers enough? I just don't remember when, when they when they showed hers. I was like, I don't know how you tell that's hers was you, hers. It had her hair cut. You specifically and stuff like tell that. it. it maybe, I, maybe I didn't look at it good enough to specifically tell it's hers. It was her, and it says each one was a one of a kind. Yeah, you know. Hope somebody's got them somewhere. I'm sure they do. I hope sure so. Or Chad's got each, them somewhere. Each, or each cast member took theirs home or something. Because he said he based them off the cast and crew. Yeah, very cool. To make it easier for him. But yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Very, very cool. So she sees hers and she 
proceeds to go hide it in the woods. I don't know what more you want to say after this, but what happens is a series of events of varying degrees of punishment for the entity in the pit knowing what she's done. The 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 pit's all kind of all knowing in in a way whatever that whatever the entity is. I do love the mystery. I do love how the pit is handled because you don't ever see a creature. Yeah. You don't ever see anything. You see the uh, ending results of what it does to people who don't do what they're told to do. Oh yeah. You see like blood, guts, and cool like aftermath of what it does, but you don't ever you don't ever see a creature. And I love that being done that way because I feel like seeing a creature wouldn't help this movie at all. No, if any, I think if anything, it would take it away because you like because no, I'm not trying to drag down, but like I said, it's independent. It's so it's it's a lower budget, and so I think if they would have thrown a monster in there, you're like, oh, that looks really dumb. Yeah, I think po- I think it's handled wonderfully. Well, I think that's also a great. Um, technique from a lot of things where whatever you imagine is better than anything they could have put on screen. Exactly. So you see from, you don't even like even cause occasionally either Dewey or Ada, since she hid her jug is now seeing through the eyes of the entity as it exacts vengeance. Well, she's getting, she's getting visions. Not, she, not, 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 not Dewey, not, but she is getting visions of like it's pushing its own, it's pushing into her head what it's doing to people. And she has to watch it. She has to watch it, it well, it, what it's doing to people. And it's, it's violent. And when that happens, um, like you don't even see like its hands or anything in front of you. You just see like, you get like a, like a red glare that's kind of like jarring and then yeah. it kind of zooms. Is it red or sepia? Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. And it kind of zooms in and it kind of like crawls and creeps to the woods and then rushes at a target. Yeah, and, and then and then later you see the aftermath. Yeah, like the blood in the river was pretty good. The uh, blood in the, the river is like the organs in the tree and stuff. Like they yeah, did pretty good. Very, very. I think it's done very cool. Um, before we wrap it up, like I say, we uh, we pointed out Dwy as being our, our favorite character. Probably the main actress. She's uh, what I, what I love about the story is this. Love about the story of this is everything bad that happens in this movie is her fault. Yes. Like the entire the entire <clears throat> the entire movie happens because of she she is scared and selfish, which who wouldn't? Which be? make exactly, but but she also lives in a, a village where she's known this was happening, but uh, and it, it was I fine mean, as long as it's happening to other people. Yeah, yeah. So to it's her. So she's very but great. I mean, she's a great character, and uh, I get what she's doing, and I get why it all happened. But it makes it makes for very like she's the quote unquote heroine of the story, but she's not doing anything for good reasons because she's scared and selfish, which is what's happening, which leads to all the other, Bit. we'll say, deaths that happen in the movie. Uh, but Dewey, we just love, the actor is just really knocking this character Oh, yeah, he's out of the fantastic. Park. I can't really do any of his lines because his delivery is what's is what's so funny. I want to accidentally take away the joy from it, but, but he... Uh, like, he's like the only real comedy relief of a very of a fairly dark and violent yeah. story, but he's just like the... And he's like maybe the only truly innocent person in the movie. I would say he's the only true innocent in the movie, and maybe that's even why the pit the pit selected him because he's a he's a true innocent. Because he's, for lack of a better term, he's not like he's he's simple, but simple. he's also again because it's a cult. I think they've made him simple, maybe a little bit. Yeah, you know they've not, kept him. Yeah, like, he's not super dumb or anything. He just doesn't. He's aware and he can figure things. He's like I'm not even. I think at one point he's like he's like just because I don't see stuff doesn't mean I'm not stupid. Whatever he says, he, he, he comments on like he's, you know, he's aware, but he just chooses to ignore and be happy. Because yeah. uh, I can end with the tagline, and then we can we'll wrap wrap up. Um, I think it's I think we watched it on is it was it on Shutter? 
I think so. I don't know how many folks have Shutter these days? It's a you know four ninety nine five dollars a month for a, a Shutter app where you can well, they they curate horror movies and stuff like that. I wish we'd get more more indie stuff like this on Shutter because his because Chad's second movie Dementor is not on Shutter and I, I wish it was. We had to go we had to go a roundabout way to watch uh, Dementor eventually. But uh, I think Jugface is on Shutter or something. It's on. A, it's on a couple of things. Yes, yeah, you can watch Jugface. I'd go ahead and buy it. I mean, Jugface is a very, uh, very, very entertaining movie. Oh yeah, very much. Um, so. Before Blake wraps up with a tagline, you got a, you got one ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to say before he wrap he wrap up with a tagline. We'll end this thing. I just want to thank everybody for you know listening and, and keep coming back for more and stuff like that. We always really enjoy making the podcast. If, I don't know if he listens, but uh, I want to thank Devious Pixel, our last episode. Thank their uh, Mladen Markovich, mm. uh, which is Devious Pixel, for coming on for our last guest episode. We had a lot of fun making the episode with him. I hope everybody enjoyed getting hearing his thoughts him. and getting. I mean, you've been seeing the Devious Pixel name attached to our podcast for years now. It's kind of cool to put a. Well, we got to put a face to it. We we put a face to it, but you put you put a name and a face to an artist that's been doing our podcast for so long. That was really fun. So I want to thank Devious, of course, for. From Laden now. It's, it, I told Blake it feels weird. We always called him Devious or Devious Pixel when we talk about him off podcast. And now when you meet somebody, it's hard to keep calling him by their screen name. It's because like we should call him Laden now. Yeah. So it's uh, we want to thank Laden for, of course, uh, for helping helping out and sticking with us and stuff like that. And coming on the podcast, it was great. I'm, I'm forgetting something else. Oh, uh, I want to thank uh, Jared Jones of Emerge for uh giving us access to the song we use right now for our intro the song is letting go from the band emerge they have an album out right now on spotify and they've actually been uh touring kind of locally recently as they get stuff back together i'm hoping they'll be doing new music soon be very excited that'd be dope so look up emerge on facebook their uh, links to their stuff is in, in our in the show notes already anyway so just click on that give them a listen very cool give them a follow great band uh jared's a, a great really really fun such a nice guy every time i've ever ran into him he like jumps right into a hug like, like we've known each other forever yeah very sweet guy I like him like him quite a bit that's all i got so again thanks for listening follow us on all the social medias tune in to our twitch channel stuff we're having a lot of fun making those we want to make the podcast episodes about those eventually you got to come get a you know come listen to us if you think if you think me and Blake are funny sometimes, you might think brian is also funny sometimes he's funny will we say us. brian adds to our funniness Maybe not. Maybe Brian is just barely as funny as we are sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. You might think that's funny. He got some good good jokes in the in their videos sometimes. But we're all equally as nerdy or funny as we ever try to be. But uh so come come join us for that. We're having a lot of fun on the three smoking controllers, co op endeavors, twitch streams, which you was just, just attached to our normal two smoking controllers twitch channel. Again, links are in the show notes. I am done talking. I'll let Blake wrap it up now with the tagline from Jugface, and we'll see you all again in a couple of weeks. A tagline for Jugface. The pit wants what it wants. And I want to wish everybody a good evening 